This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, To start everything off, we just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. If you haven't, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, or share us up on your favorite social media. Uh, No, but we're happy to have you here. We've been having a blast with the show. Um, a lot of fun things coming down the line. Um, a lot of things we're always working on. So uh, busy weekends here coming up. Busy weekends of the shows. Yep. Iowa is still on, and they lifted the mask mandate. Yep. Nice. Then yep. we head to Columbus, Ohio, two weekends later. Um, we we will be there with. Uh, well, I will be with Gator Outdoors, one of our partners. At Columbus, we'll be right next to Prairie Storm Outfitting. Um, good buddies. Lots of fun. Um, so you get double the love if you come see us at the booth. Then the weekend after, the Wisconsin show moved from Madison to Wisconsin Dells. We'll be there also next to Prairie Storm. Yep. Um, we're going to be recording that weekend with Whitetail Adrenaline again. Um, there's some sur- surprise people that I don't even know if I told the crew yet who's going to come and hang oh, out. Oh, wow. We'll get there. Surprise. But it's at the Kalahari Resort is where the show is. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Come out. We're doing... Uh, for Iowa, you're getting your own exclusive Iowa working class T-shirt. We got new hats. We got the big silo koozies coming to that show. Yep. Um, and we might have a custom shirt for Ohio and Wisconsin. We'll see. Oh, um, it goes. It's gonna be it's a blast of a, a month. Very <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's I feel like a, bunch, be a busy month. Oh yeah. I mean, next year it's gonna be even worse because we're gonna try and do PA, but I yep. don't know if we'll be able to swing it. It's a lot of time off for a bunch of idiots. We're due though because we didn't get to do any shows last year, so. We yeah, I'd like Iowa, to do AT8 Iowa, and that was it. I'd like to do one Southern show; would be cool. Yeah, like Tennessee or well, there's one in Louisiana, an Open Season Sportsman's Expo. You all right, Eric? Yeah, something. I think we should just work straight through Christmas, New Year's, all that, just like all the normal days off. Just forget our family, and then just yeah, and then just just run. <laughs> hey, all I'm, the da- shows. I'm down. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> Doug, Doug ain't got nothing to worry about. Uh, no, but thank you for being here. Uh, what else? We have a veteran hunt giveaway going on on our website. That Get in there and get that done. Um, real quick, let's get some business done before we dive in. This is a fun podcast with our title sponsor right now of HHA Sports. Uh, Scott Bakken was in studio. 
I don't even need to give them a full plug, but acknowledge them here. Um, code WCB15 if you'd like to save some money on an HHA new site or rest or even a new stabilizer, which we get into detail on this uh, episode. Um, also, this is something I'm really excited about, and I'm really looking forward to utilizing this into my hunting arsenal. I don't know how about how you guys feel, but e-bikes. Yes. Um, Rogue Ridge, we're proud to be partnered with them. We're super excited. It's a partnership that we haven't dabbled in yet, but it's something that's always been on our radar. And after talking to them and talking to people that have used them, I think that's going to be a huge game changer for me on some oh, of my absolutely. property setups. Do you feel oh, the same way, sure. Eric? Yep. Um, Eric, you got your... You drunk already, big dog? Yeah, I'm hammered. <laughs> I'm hammered. I'm so used to the old one. Yeah, I know. It's like we upgraded to nicer mics, and Eric's still like trying to white trash it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be awesome. The, for the bikes, you know, I think it's either you have a, like a quad or a four wheeler for access, yep. which only gets you so far because of the noise and whatever. And, That's right. Um, but, you know, they have three different options. Uh, Rogue Ridge has a folding option, the RT750. They have an RG1000, which is the big boy. Um, and the RM750, which is like the same um, powerhouse as the folding one, but just more of like a rigid mountain bike type frame. And too, when they first came out, they were so expensive, and now they're actually getting to be affordable. Well, if you're going to buy, and I see it too, like a side-by-side, a quad, you know, they have their uses. You can double up and use them from other things too, but I have like a lot of weird political agreements with my ground. It's like yeah. only you're allowed. You can't ride a four-wheeler here. You can't drive your truck. Yeah, in. no you gotta, tracks. Yeah, no tracks. You got to park at the gate. Mm-hmm. So with this, a bike changes everything. And for a lot of guys on public. Yeah. So uh, yep. that Rogue Ridge. Um, and then also uh, the Grind Turkey Decoys. They'll, we'll be using the shit out of them. Uh, come Turkey Palooza. Um, we'll, bloody. we'll do more on that here uh, <laughs> soon. But, yeah, I hope it is. Me too. Uh, by the way, we have a turkey video about ready to come out. Um, also, the podcast is brought to you by Big Time, and we have a code WCB2021. And, I mean, the only people who can really talk about it right now is Doug and Eric. That's right. I still haven't got it out yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think the gator's going to make it in the snow right now. Been negatives. Your deer are just hungry. You can feed them, and you haven't? <laughs> no. Like, eh. What Maybe the tomorrow. fuck? Maybe make them stronger. Builds character. That's what my dad would say. Eric, <laughs> come on. You you fed some deer. I haven't got it out yet either. Dude, wha- what's the sponsorship for? Joe Humphrey, a tear just fell down his cheek into his beer. Joe, it sorry. Did. It did. Uh, Joe, I'm just saying. It, it'll be just, out, it'll uh, be out just, Sunday. Just say the snow's too deep. You just, it yeah. was deep as fuck. You don't want to get stuck. Joe, I'm man. just saying, if it was legal in Illinois, man, I'd have like a mound of it out there like the oh, Lindsay way did. Me too. Just 40 bags out on the ground. Why not? They draw the bullseye in the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no shit. This is where you'll die. But if you can't supplemental feed, they got food plot seed for everybody. <laughs> they got some screen coming out this year, too. It's going to be legit. I'm, I'm going to have a couple yeah. miles of that stuff. <laughs> miles? Shit, seriously. Really? Between, between my four farms that I'm going to be running it on, I'll probably have a mile of it. Let we'll to do some like podcasts on that, on that specifically because well, you have can. to think about it. I mean, not only does it hide you coming in and out, but you can use that to funnel deer the way you want them yep. to come into yep. a plot. Absolutely. So there's a lot of different uses for a screen. That's a good point. Yep. Mm, okay. Be a good video too. There's some deep dive stuff on there. Yeah, we'll have to do some video stuff on that because that's interesting. We'll do some video from the beginning, like planning it and then watching it grow, like you know, just stage cool. by stage. Yep. Be... Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh. Elite Archery is also a proud partner. Everything Outdoor Group, which owns Elite, and, and um, one of the other companies, Slick Trick, which also now officially proud partnered with as well. Hey, look um, that. Nice. Nice. But code WCB works for Elite and Slick Trick. Uh, we shoot the Slick Trick Raptor Tricks, the Viper Tricks. Um, Elite, 
I chose the remedy this year because I like the the size of it, like the what, what would it be the foundation of it, I guess. The foundation. And I don't know what everybody else went with. I can't remember. So tell me, guys. I chose the the monster, the thirty six result. And, I'm I'm uh, excited for that. Yeah, I'm be chunking the wood, the big boy. The big boy. Wait, you bomb. got a weird color too, didn't you? you oh yeah, I got there. sour apples, like the, <laughs> like the pit vipers of bow colors. <laughs> Maybe that douche walking by you in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sodded. <laughs> What'd you go with, Eric? Yeah, got the encore. Did the encore? You're. It's not much. I mean, you're a short or bow guy if you can pick one, right? Yep, yep. I like. I'd I usually have been, one. but. And then Ross and Austin back there. Hmm. Uh, I think I went with uh, result. Yeah, actually. Remedy. I'm a remedy guy. I like that platform. Yep. Cool. Am I the only one shooting the encore? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Time will tell. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, went, I went heavy this year. I haven't yeah. been 70-pound limbs for years, but we're getting ready to go chase something big. So yep. we went with, the oh, big, went with the big dog this year. You're going me something. Yeah. Me something. <laughs> um, the podcast also brought to you by Old Barn Tax Center, which kind of ties in beautifully after that Elite and Slick Trick plug because oh, – uh, that's really what gets us to get to, to go to Old Barn. Um, we did pick a winner for the uh, Old Barn Tax Trimmer shoulder mount, and we will be announcing that soon. Sam took a video, Sam from Old Barn. Uh, I'm going to let him post that before we announce it. Cool. Um, but either way, you've either already been contacted or you can start to get excited because if you, you might be the winner. You don't know it yet if you – took a game head to Old Barn, and then said, you listen to Working Class. So check out Old Barn Taxidermy, Fort Madison, Iowa. Um, Really proud to be partnered with them. Hopefully it's me. I entered. Well, I'll tell you this. I pulled (laughs) Austin Chandler's name out of the hat first, and I go, well, he can't win it. Just read it. Rigged. Don't even read it. Just throw it behind you. Rigged. Y'all cold as ice. (laughs) Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. The podcast also brought to you by Gator Outdoors. Uh, the outdoor lifestyle brand. It's located in the Midwest, not Bellevue, like I've been saying. Sorry. Um, family owned and operated, which is cool. Gator really is. There's a lot of Gator branded type stuff in their area, but it's all like family. Uh, so Gator Outdoors, they are a basically a retailer now, so you can order like your True Timber camo or whatever you want through GatorOutdoors.com. Um, I think they're a dealer for Grizzly Coolers, um, all that. But mostly they put out a lot of good merch. They're good people, so um, lifestyle brand. Check them out, GatorOutdoors.com. And Scent Crusher. Scent Crusher. Man, we're, I feel professional. I got papers, and I'm like, I feel like I'm on the radio. You hear them in the background and shit. <laughs> what are you doing work over there? I am. I think you're out. just moving those around to get the background Well, there's noise. one paper here. <laughs> <laughs> Move around. Move around. Uh, Slick Trick, the one product that we probably haven't touched on as much as we should is the Covert Closet. Because we like the roller bag so much. Trick. I did? Yeah. Scent Crusher. Scent Crusher. Kind of sounds the same. Thank you. <laughs> Busy brain. Got me thinking about my papers. Paper. <laughs> I, said, I, 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 I said result instead of remedy, so, you know. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I, yeah, did. I was I like, damn, result. Ross is shooting the big boy, too. Damn. We haven't mm. drank anything, so no. we're off our game <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no. Remedy. That's what I'm shooting. There you go. It's an elite. It's an elite. Just know no. that. <laughs> Just know that, all right? Let that be known. Okay, from uh, not Slick Trick, Scent Crusher, the Covert Closet, we talk about the roller bag. It's pretty much a roller bag and a mobile closet in one. Yeah. So, And it's a Halo Series, so you get the Halo Series chargeable ozone unit with it. So check that out, the Covert Closet, ScentCrusher.com. 
thank you to all our good partners. And I think Doug's got a veteran shout out, and then we're going to hop right in and let you enjoy yourself. Uh, this veteran shout out is proudly sponsored by Operation HHA USA. Mm. And their mission is to show appreciation and a creative sense of community for veterans and active military through archery and the outdoors. And like we always say, they have a shoot schedule in Wisconsin this summer that we will they make do. a couple of those shoots this year yeah. and probably podcast there. Out That'd in the be fun. Shoot a little. Shoot whatever elite bows we got. I don't know what brand, what model or whatever, but <laughs> they're elites. There's ease on them. Uh, this veteran shout is submitted by uh, Maxwell Collins, and the veteran name is Frank Anthony Risen. Hopefully I say that right. He's in the U.S. Air Force. Says, uh, I'm just a wage brain welder. It would mean the world to me and my family if you could give a shout out to our father, my uh, grandfather. Says, U.S. Air Force Staff Sergeant Frank Anthony Risen. I really hope I'm saying that right. He passed away on January 7th, 2021 at the age of 89 in Hot Spring, Arkansas. He volunteered to serve during the Korean War and was stationed in Germany. He means the world to me. He will forever be missed. He never got into hunting but loved fishing. With it being COVID, I was unable to go see him in his final days in the hospital. I'm on your podcast as he helped me deal with uh, long nights and knife shift of welding thinking about him. There's so much I want to say about him but not words to say what he means to me. Love what you guys do for the working class bow hunters. Uh, awesome. Thanks for spending that, and uh, sorry for your loss, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that. COVID's a motherfucker too to do that, but awesome, man. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thank, thank you for your service, and uh, rest in peace, brother. Here's a beer for you. Cheers. That was a good detailed veteran shot. I like that. That was good, man. Eighty nine. Yep. That's yeah. Pretty good. American heroes, man. Andy we appreciate all like you. Badass. Uh, so to submit a veteran shout out, workingclassbowhunter.com in the menu tab, the veteran shout out form. Give us as much or little details as you want. Um, thank you to HHA, HHA USA for, for supporting that. And uh, they're doing, uh, what's Chris sending all the shout outs? Uh, hats. And then he said soon to be shirts too. Cool. So Sweet. all from HHA USA. It's pretty yeah. awesome. And we're getting a lot of veteran shout outs now. So good. good. That's good. what we needed. HHAUSA.org. We appreciate you supporting that and helping us and, uh, you know, check them out and they're doing a good thing and we're glad to spread the message as much as we exactly. can for them. All right. Enjoy this podcast. Thank you for being here. We love you. We love you a lot. Love you long time. The Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Welcome back again. We have a full house in the studio. We've never had so many people in our studio. This might be the most people we've had in here. Yeah, so on the mics, we have myself, Kurt Geyer. We have Eric Common. Ross Bigger. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. Scott Bakken. Scott Bakken's in studio. This is the first time you've ever recorded at our home base with us. Any studio you've ever had, this is the first time, man. means a lot that you made the drive in the treacherous weather from Wisconsin to Illinois in the middle of a blizzard. It wasn't a blizzard. It was just like a, whatever they call it, like a polar blizzard wind polar tunnel. vortex <laughs> i don't know if i'd call it a vortex but it was yeah it was like being in a wind tunnel like yeah not fun out and we have uh the becks are in studio observing and mr dominic from man virginia how he flew in we so basically why we have a full house is you flew in 
Yeah, he flew from him. Virginia. Jesus. So on, we have on an airplane. Our annual garage party is this weekend, so everybody's like coming in town. So Scott is here the day before the garage party, so we're taking advantage of having him in studio to finally record because we fail as podcasters and you fail as a sponsor of the show, the title sponsor of title the show, sponsor. to podcast with us. Um, we're kind of like the misfits of probably like all the HHA staff, wouldn't you say? Oh, uh, yeah, you're definitely bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at best. Right where we need to be. And, and that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, we're where we need to be. That's exactly the it. Shit end of the stick. It's like, hey, we know who we are. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, we're proud of it. Yeah, welcome. That's we uh, all scum. <laughs> you're welcome here. Welcome to the podcast. Um, but no, man, thanks for making the haul. Um, so HHA is probably the one... Well, I guess we should say, what do you do at HHA? Let's do that first for people who haven't heard. Tell past, us who you are. Past episodes, as a person or like both. <laughs> yeah, let's start about how. Like, start with how bad of a person you are, but then also talk about like what you do at HHA. Obviously, I'm pretty bad if I'm here. Right. We, so, yeah, enough said there. But uh, <laughs> at HHA, uh, I guess my primary responsibilities are sales and marketing. But um, I mean, I do a little bit of everything customer service all kind but whatever needs to be done but primarily uh in my in my old days yeah Mm -hmm. but you know now we have much much better people for that so right right (laughs) not like us (laughs) no we didn't make the catalog (laughs) hey i tried hey i I didn't even make the catalog well that says a lot because you're you're a beautiful man and if you didn't make it we ain't yeah there's no hope for us yeah, hell no. Let's get Doug to shave his mustache and reset and regrow and get back on it, and maybe next year I can I can do this. Doug needs a, like a better like resting bitch face or something like that. Like Damn. he's always smiling. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. Problem. He can't stop he's smiling. always he's always yeah. smiling. You need yeah. to do we'll that. A good time. I don't trust anybody that smiles that much. <laughs> <laughs> like you should never be that happy. So like there's there's nothing in this world to be that happy. You about. know what it is? Well, I would say he's got an office job, but so do you. Yeah. <laughs> you smiling? But that's why I never smile. <laughs> <laughs> Doug is just really easy, apparently. <laughs> He's, He's just high on It is a government job. high on so life. I ain't going to say anything. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Doug's got to protect his neck with his job when yeah. it comes to the podcast. <laughs> Do your coworkers listen to the podcast? No. Oh. Do they know you. about it? Yeah. <laughs> what? I just don't, they don't listen to it, though. Do they know about your fans only page? No, not yet. Well, now <laughs> they yet. do. Thanks well, they don't, they, listen. Listen. <laughs> they don't listen. Hopefully, they don't listen now. Jeez, my my uh, my coworkers listen. Some of them. Well, they should. Do any of the HHA employees listen to Working Class Ball Hunter that you know of? Um, no, definitely not. Probably, <laughs> probably the ones that shouldn't. No, um, yeah, probably. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, the I mean, ones that shouldn't. What is? It? I don't really. The know. janitor. No, like the owners, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that write my paycheck. <laughs> like this is where our marketing money is yeah, going. Just keep no, an eye I, on I th- us. I actually, I think the majority, of, like quite a few of, of our employees, do because, uh, like when they all found out I was coming down here for this, like they were all pretty like jacked up. So I think, mm. yeah, I, I, I think probably majority of them do. Did you just make that up? Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. It sounded good. Appreciate well, it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Ma- mainly because I don't, so I was trying to make it seem like somebody does. But. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Hey, listen, I don't blame you. Uh, we suck, man. Hey, um, I, don't, I don't listen to it either. So cool. So. HHA, uh, we podcast with you, I mean, years ago at this point and kind of rolled into a partnership. So we're thankful for we're, – we joke around a lot with you because we know you well, but uh, we are thankful for the partnership and everything you guys have done and help us and all that, and hopefully we'll help you. Absolutely. Um, but – the the single pin sites that whole deal is um i don't really want to say it's controversial i don't feel like it's controversial but it's just different from what a lot of people start with 
Um, and there's the standard. It's different than the standard. Most people start on like a cheap three pen, like junky. It, it came with the bow I got when I got it, or my grandpa gave it to me. It's I feel that's how a lot of people start. So they're engraved where they need those three pens to have their 10, 20, 30, or 20, 30, 40, or whatever they have it set at. So if you're like Ross and you want to start arguments about multi-pen to single pen, <laughs> did that happen on a podcast? That was at no, I mean, yes and no. I mean, we've talked about it several times, but honestly, no. We, we Scott and I went nose and nose at uh, APA a few years ago, but... <laughs> nose and nose. Yeah, I, I don't even remember that. Well, you just, it, just got, it was a little heated. I mean, Kurt started it up. He was just... Well, I mean, well, that's it. Probably would have been fine if it was just you and I. Yeah, we were just talking but, it out. Yeah, but Kurt fired Kurt was it up. This was probably like, now all of a sudden I got somebody wanting to beat. Listen, my ass. guys, I don't, I don't really like the vibe you're putting out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not me. We all just need to get along. You know, <laughs> we're good. That ain't me. We're buddies now. We're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Well, yeah. but you did see. Bring, there you go, trying to stir pot, the know, pot again. Hey, hey, guilty. You know, but no. that it, Ross, you did bring up like a point where you were kind of used to that three pin thing. Yeah, I ran. I honestly, I ran a four to four or five pin site for a long time, and it took me a long time to get used to that. Uh, to look going, at it, the mess. To, yeah, just well, yes, yes, and no. But it took me a long time to compensate between that that single pin and being able to adjust. You yeah, know, it's just. But once you get used to the single pin and you shoot, leave it locked at twenty five yards, and then just go, you know, walk around the yard and shoot different ranges and and range it, but don't move your pin. And just yeah. figure out where you got to be. I think you we know, all. If you can consult, co- compensate with that, then yep. you're good. But. I think we all started like that. We probably all started with a fixed pin sight. And it's just once you get used to something you've done for a decade, it's kind of hard to get out of that. You know, it's it's not a comfortable jump. But I think, uh, you know, after we all made that jump, it's it'd be hard to go back the other way, I guess, after getting used to the single pin. Absolutely. I like it for the clear sight picture, but what, like what Ross, what you were talking about, um, Scott, you, you guys have done a lot of good videos, like explaining all that, like from sighting in to knowing what do you, what's the term for it? I call it like where your pin drops out where your uh, effective so, yardage or whatever. Yeah. I call it your, well, the way it was explained to me, it's called uh, finding your maximum point blank range. So, I mean, that's, I actually learned that from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, a big thing with like, like the multiple pin to the single pin is like, especially nowadays is technology and like, like bows are way different now than they were 10 years ago. Like as far mm-hmm. as like effectiveness and efficiency. Yeah. So like if we were having this argument like 10 or 15 years ago, you would probably win because back, I mean, back then like your gaps between your multiple pins were a lot Oh, yeah. larger than they are now where now like all the bows that we all are shooting like one pin can truly carry you from like 20 to 40 yards yeah right. but at the end of the day like like the argument like you will never win with me is the fact that like you are the most accurate with a single pin than you are with a multiple pin because you have one pin to focus on yep. and, you, and you shouldn't even be focusing on the pin you should be focusing on the target yep so that's always my like my rebuttal is like, it is nice to have all your yardages sitting there in front of you. And I'll be honest, there has been times where I've thought about, like, man, if I would have had, like, two, another pin or a third pin or something. But um, when you don't have your, your sight picture cluttered with all those pins, you're focusing on the target. Mm-hmm. And so I always relate it to, like, like shooting a handgun or shooting a shotgun. Like, wherever your eyes look, that's where the pin's going to Float, that's a right? good right. good so, analogy mm-hmm. so like you you are you're exerting all of your energy on focusing on the target where you want to hit 
not on the target, the pin, target, the pin, target, the pin, because your brain physically cannot focus on both because it's two different sides of your brain. Yeah. So you're a hundred percent focused on the target, which you should be. So, but like you were saying, it is, it is, it is a totally different mindset and it is, it is changing, which change for anybody is really, really hard, especially mm-hmm. when you've done something the same way. Yeah. Right. You know, like we, like we run into, like when we take customer service calls and, you know, like trying to t- tell a dude that, you know, even though our sight tapes go out to like a hundred yards, not everybody will get that range yeah. because of their setup Roundage, yeah. or their setup Arrow, or e- even their, their style of shooting, you know, like, like, um, you know, if you have a really high anchor point, that's going to make you shoot lower. So then you're going to have to raise everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, but like trying to tell a guy, you know, you got to scoot your peat up a quarter of an inch in order to gain like a quarter of an inch adjustment on your peep. That'll gain you probably 20, 30 yards on your site. Yeah. Your anchor point. But trying just... to tell a guy that to change that. I mean, it's change is really, really tough, especially when you've done it for so long. So that that's the like the hardest thing with switching from a multiple pin to a single pin is this. It is a big change. But if you practice it and you practice it the right way and you get used to it, it, it can pay like huge dividends. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that for me with the five pin back in the day, I could just gap my pins and mm-hmm. know I know there's my 30. I know there's my 40. And then I just, you know, as far as where that deer is at. And then I know where my pins are at. I can just kind of gauge that and not have to compensate too much. Basically, there's my there's my gap. I know I can hit that, but it's I uh, yeah I lose and my mind with a single pin for the, for the first couple years of getting used to it. But or not even years, but basically just it took some time to just get used to that compensating and not worrying about picking up that rangefinder every time that that deer takes a step. Like just free range, like Austin's told me years for years. Pre-range everything, and then mm-hmm. what I do, Ross, what we are talking about now a little bit, I live and die by my rangefinder. Um, yep. I do experiment, like when I practice, I experiment with the, uh, um, you know, I, I, where my pin drops out, I guess, when my arrow starts to drop off. Um, you know, like it starts to fall out from where my pin sit at 20 or 25 or whatever. But I live by my rangefinder, so like if a buck comes in and he's 37 yards, my size at 37 yards. Right. And what I like, I with the single pin, you know, I'm practicing all summer, right? So I'm not just yep. like throwing it on and like yep. doing what probably most people do, which you should, you know, you should practice. Um, but I shoot a Scott Hex release, yep. which is a, it's a back tension for hunting. For hunting. So it's, it's on a hinge. There's a click on it. I kind of use that with how I anchor with my sight to my face to my release. So in the moment when I got a big buck coming in and if everything's working out, he don't know I'm there and I'm getting ready to pick my spot. I draw back, anchor, look through my sight, feel my release. And then like I've already ranged the spot or ranged him and it's to the exact yardage where I want to put the arrow. And by the time I get through anchor, squeeze, click, arrow goes off. I've like, it keeps me from going, oh, fuck, here comes a buck. Draw back. Ah punch my trigger oh shit i don't even know if i look through my peep i hit him wrong i don't know where i it, it eliminates all that bullshit for me right. it, it yeah. literally like so i mean going back to that maximum point blank blank range like concept mm-hmm. is like if you are making the transition from a multiple pin to a single pin and just for the record like we do make multiple pins as well like, yeah we we are a company based on single pins but we make both now yeah but, and at the it's end the of the flagship day, like 
I don't like if you like a multiple pin. I don't care. Like, but whatever. fuck you, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're doing it wrong. I but I mean, see now there's gonna be a up. forum. Someone's gonna be like, yeah. working class boner hates multiple pin sides. <laughs> yeah. Kurt said it. Yeah, um, I'm kidding. But uh, oh, fuck. So joke. so like 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 if you're like if you've been using a multiple pin, let's say for like twenty something years, and you want to try a single pin. Yeah. And a lot of, like a lot of those people that make that trans- transition, it's generally because their eyesight's getting bad mm-hmm. and they can't distinguish the different colors and stuff right like that. right and um but i mean you should learn how to like you know shoot 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 whatever and learn how to adjust the site like mm-hmm. you know as like efficiently as possible but then what the maximum point blank thing is is it makes you almost more instinctive but you will find like if like we have a youtube video on it and we mm-hmm. actually we just redid a new one that's much, much better and much, much more in like in depth. Mm-hmm. But like, if you do that test, like it makes you much more instinctive. And you like, if you do it enough, you'll learn to like trust your instincts, and you'll learn to trust like your setup. And when it works out, and like you actually get to use it, like in a hunting scenario, mm-hmm. it is the coolest freaking feeling. Like that, like oh shit, like I can do this, and it does work because it is a it, it is a point and shoot system. Like no shit. I'll yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to, we'll put it on there and I'll link it in the episode description. We'll yeah, share it's, it it's cool. I mean, like I've had it, ha- like I literally, I legitimately probably in the last probably like four years, I don't think I've shot an animal where I've adjusted my dial. No I've, kidding. I've Damn. always, I've always compensated for it, but I mean, I, that's how I practice now. Like, right. I warm up. That's the key, right? I warm up doing my 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 or whatever. And then I do the whole thing over again, but I, I never, and like, I leave my sight at 40 because mm-hmm. I know from five to 53 yards, I can shoot that with my sight set at 40. No kidding. And okay. all I'm doing is just, I mean, just holding a little low and a little high, mm-hmm. but like, so no if shit. it's less than 40, I'm aiming at the belly, which is a horizontal line. And if it's over 40, I'm holding on the back, which is a horizontal line. And it's always easier to aim at a horizontal line than it is trying to aim at a dot. See, like, that's that's, that's just fast. Yep. That's interesting because I always just kept it at 20, and I'd back up to see how far I could that's what I did. max that that's out. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's part of the test, though. Like, if you actually do the test, like, right. you shoot multiple rounds with your sight set at different yardages. Yep. And everybody's setup's different. So, like, you're maximum range is going to be different than austin's or kurt's or mine or whatever sure so like i leave mine set at 40 but that's where i can cover the greatest distance but kurt's his may be 38 or 35 or something yeah. like that but it's, yeah it's, it's different for everybody right and i never thought of like moving the yardage i just said 20 okay what can i get away with at 20 i never thought about going to 30 mm-hmm. and see what yeah. i can get away with there either, you know? if you watch the video you, you'll see it because yeah, you actually tape out. out like a like an impact range mm-hmm. and then you can actually see like at, you know, with your sight set at 20, with your sight set at 30, with your sight set at 40 yep. mm-hmm. and aiming at the different like points, you'll see like, it's like when I did it and, and this is basically just going to be a very brief run through of the video, but like you start at five yards with your sight set at 20 and you have this impact range, which I set for about eight inches. I mean, that's about the top of the lungs to the bottom of yeah. the lungs on a whitetail. Mm-hmm. And you aim at the top line starting at five yards and you work your way back to 40 and you just keep aiming at the top line. You don't touch your dial at all. And eventually, as you work your way back, you'll get this line of arrows. And then you measure that impact range from the first arrow to the bottom arrow. So what you'll see is, like, between 20 to, like, 30, your arrows are basically all hitting that top line because there's not much drop. Sure. But then when you go to 35, now all of a sudden you're, like, hitting the bottom of the impact range. And then when you go farther back, you're almost, like, missing the target. Mm-hmm. So then you go back to five yards, adjust your sight to 30 or 35 or whatever you want to do. I did 30. And then you aim at the top line, keep working your way back, measure the impact range, you know, from the first arrow to the bottom arrow. 
And then when you switch your sight to 40 and you do that, now you start aiming at the bottom line because your line of sight and the tra- tra- trajectory of the arrow meet sooner. Sure. And then as you walk back, your arrows are actually climbing on the target. And so, like, when I did that with my sight set at 40, I could go all the way to 53 yards before I was missing. Like, the I wasn't – The I, top line. So That's interesting. I, so as you go farther wow. back – so once I got to 40 – then as I went farther back, then I started aiming at the top line. Yep. And then like every single arrow landed in that impact or in that kill zone. So if I would have kept going farther back, I still could have probably been hitting the target, but it wasn't like a kill shot. Like, yeah, right. Sure. So that's how I figured out at 40 from 5 to 53. And like I said, it's always easier aiming at a horizontal line. And like for me, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So like now like – if I if I look at a deer, or look at an elk, or whatever it is, I can vis- I can envision those lines. Like it's very hard for me to envision a dot. Like interesting. I don't- well, and a, an animal has those horizontal lines too. Mm-hmm. You know the butt, the back, and the belly too. Mm-hmm. So that's going to give you a vision. That's really there. interesting. I like that, man. That's a. I mean, you're practicing. You practice this. You put your work in and do it. But your confidence level's got to be through the but like, roof. Doing like that. heat of the moment. I mean, it's right. It's like it's a point and shoot system. So yeah. I mean, well, and it's, it's like no it's one less thing you got to worry about too. You know, exactly, you're, you're yeah. dialed in at that at that yardage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is awesome, dude. That's so. Someone, I wanted to talk about new stuff, but we'll get. We're so into sights and aiming and stuff. I, oh, one question I want to go back to: When you guys get your bow out when you're going to practice and you walk out to your target, what range do you? I'll we'll just start with you, Scott. What range do you start at? Like ten, ten yards. You start that close? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That's just. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm saying I'm getting old, but like. For me, it, I mean, it takes me a good solid like twenty minutes to warm up before. Really? Like, yeah, the, I get I'm so stiff and like sore usually that yeah, it takes me forever to warm up. So I'll I'll go what 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 I do, and then I'm interested to hear what everybody else does. I when I'm sighting in and getting a new rig and like getting it dialed dialed, I start at twenty is where I start. Once I feel okay, I'm good. Now I'm in like. You know when, like, a fighter trains, he gets in shape, and he's ready, and then there's, like, that two-week span where he's just maintaining before the fight? Once I reach that level before season, I walk out and throw, like, five arrows at 60 and then put it back. Mm-hmm. So, like, I start cold at 60 because I'm like, well. They say it. Like, I've actually read, like, like they say that that's actually, like, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, like it kind of, like, um like it breaks you out of like your comfort zone, which yeah. anytime you're uncomfortable, like you're you're getting stronger. Yeah. yeah but for point. me, it just like I'm not a good long distance shooter. Like I yeah. never have been. I probably never will be. Mm-hmm. But you know, like a guy I work with, I mean, that dude can he can go eight months without picking up his bow, and he can pick his bow up and go at a hundred yards and shoot like I'm like a four inch group. But some people got it, man. Like it's crazy. He's, he's bad. <laughs> he's better at a hundred than he is at like forty. I ain't no got that. No, I don't. I. I don't get, I can't figure it out. Like I've shot with them hundreds of times, but I mean, I shoot a lot and I just, once I get back to like 70, 80, 90, I just, that's, I suck. It takes me a full summer of shooting. And then like at the end of August, then I'll probably start dropping them in at a hundred, but it takes me all summer. And then you think you're like really, really good. (laughs) And then, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. then you fuck up. (laughs) And the next day you're like off. You're like, what did I do? Yeah. yeah, Then you have an animal at 16. You're like, oh, I got this. And then you pull the trigger and the arrow sails like five (laughs) feet over. You're like, yeah, I didn't have that. Yeah. (laughs) I never had it. (laughs) I think you're big shit shooting at a target. I I really thought I was feeling it. What do you guys do? I really thought I had it. Honestly, man. Like I, I really like starting at forty, even cold. Start at forty, and just because I feel, I feel fresh, but I'm not warmed up yet. Yeah. And I, I start at forty, and then I'll go to fifty, and I only shoot two arrows at a time. So yeah. I'll shoot two at forty. 
I'll back up to 50, then I go to 60, and then I go back to 40, and I do it again. I just I roll through that about three times, and then I start stepping up. When I start getting tired, then I get up close and just make sure I'm still slap. See, if I me. feel fatigued, I'm done. Well, I take my up close. Because your confidence just goes down the shitter, man. That's why I save save that 20 for when I'm tired. And (laughs) and your form goes to shit, too. But, like, one thing you mentioned that I think is really, like, important that a lot of people don't do, and, again, this is just, like, my opinion just from, like, watching people shoot, is most people shoot way too many arrows. Like, you should really only shoot two to three arrows at a time. Yeah. Like, yep. when you see people shooting a dozen arrows, like, around, like, that is way too freaking much. Yeah. Way too much. I agree. I agree. Especially, like, I have, a like, a little range out here, and I've helped some people sight in, and they'll just, like, bury arrows, like, at 60, like, shoot, like, 10 arrows. I'm like, hey, I'd put your bow down for a little bit. Like, walk around. Like drink take, a beer, take a little break. <laughs> yeah, relax. Yeah. You know, get some aiming fluid. Because I can't do that. Yeah, aiming fluid. I can't do that. What do you do, Eric, when you go shoot for the first arrow? Twenty yards. Twenty. Yep, because that's all I can get out of my backyard. So. Oh, right. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> that's the first you can yeah. shoot. Bound by boundaries. Yeah. I only have one pin, so that's the farthest I can shoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Shooting towards the neighbor's house, you know, they don't like it very much, but fuck them, right? <laughs> what do you do, Lord? I mix it up. Uh, I try to think of it like a hunting scenario. So. A lot of times I like to start out further a lot of times. And then if I feel like my 40 yards, kind of the group that I'm struggling with, then I'll, the next time I'll come up and I'll start at 40 and I'll really concentrate on that. I usually shoot four or five arrows at a time. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of times, especially if I'm going on a Western hunt, if I think my realistic shot's going to be 70 or 80 yards, I'll just, I'll spend, you know, three or four sessions at 60 through 80 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doug, no one really cares what you do. So. <laughs> I just shoot my bow. <laughs> do you even hunt, Doug? Not anymore. Doug doesn't even use a sight. Give that up. Gave that up. Gave that up for a long HHA sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Became too easy. And I never figured it out, so I just said I was too confusing. Couldn't get my YouTube to work. You're just so. shooting with the setup tape on. The guy in the, the, guy in the change video is too good looking. I couldn't, couldn't concentrate. Distracted by beauty. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do math. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now I shoot, uh, I go 20, 30, 40, out to 60. I shoot two arrows at a time. Yeah. And then if, in, if they're good, uh, I go start drinking beer. We all had like kind of a different answer. It's funny. It's just what works yeah. for you. You know, there's no right or wrong answer there. It's pretty cool. So if someone was wanting to dive in, this is a common question for us. They want to get into a single pin site or an HHA in general. Which model would you recommend they start with? I mean, it just all depends. I mean, it depends on, I mean, what they're ultimately it, it depends on like what are they going to be doing and what are they right. looking to do right so um there's really not a one answer deal for it. there know? really isn't because i mean other than like i mean if you're buying from like your 12 year old kid like a 12 year kid doesn't need a tetra max that's 400 dollars. Right. Like, yeah because yeah. one they're not even going to be use the site tape because they're not shooting enough poundage but i mean it just comes down to like what are you like what are you wanting to do you know like um, would you guys kind of offer well you do you know from a little kid all the way to the dude who's trying to take it to the next level you guys have an option it seems like i always base it on you know like are you like are you weekend warrior where you just want to go out and hunt and like you know accuracy is important but precision isn't necessarily important like you don't need all the bells and whistles like yeah you know like i it, i mean i always kind of refer it back to you know when i grew up hunting we hunted over corn piles like you put a corn pile at 15 yards. So that's the farthest you needed to shoot. Like if right. you're that type of scenario, like just one of our slider styles, whether it's an optimizer light or a Tetra light, um, you know, great, great sites. Like honestly, they're probably like the most bulletproof site we make and they're mm-hmm. very, very simple. 
but you won't get the precision out of them like you would a Tetra or Tetra Max that have second right. and third axis. So, you know, for the average person, can you break that down for people who have no idea? Like what a second and third axis is on your site. It's basically, it, it's just leveling your site. So um, it's kind of like I'm going to show with my hands. But right, like, yeah. I guess it's hard to explain. <laughs> but like, well, the, the, I mean, so it, it's basically, it, it's squaring. Like, so every site comes with a level in the scope housing. So mm-hmm. it's basically just squaring the site up with your bow. So, you know, like like if you're aiming and you're you're dead on and all of a sudden you like start grouping like to the left, chances are that, like, so for a right-hand shooter, shooter you're canning your bow to the right. Mm-hmm. So that's throwing the shot left or vice versa. But so when you're setting your second and third axis, that's literally squaring the sight up to the bow. So you're putting your bow in a, in a bow vise, the bow is square, and then you're squaring the sight to the bow, like in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. So it's two different adjustments. So third axis generally um, affects your up and down. Like so steep angles. Steep angles, you know, up and downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second axis is kind of like your... Left and right. Yeah, I guess like clockwise, counterclockwise type of stuff. So it's yeah. the tilt of the scope housing itself. Mm-hmm. So like side hill shots and stuff like that. So again, my opinion, second axis is way more important than third axis. Especially in the Midwest. Well, and well, even, even, when, stands, and even when you're going out west, man, like unless you're like going after sheep or goat where you're like literally on the edge of a rock face, like shooting straight down, like third yeah. axis isn't really going to throw your shot that much. Sure. Yeah. Um, but... Th- like second and third axis definitely do make a difference. Yeah, like definitely do make a difference. I and think third axis ought to be a special order. Like there ought to be like ninety percent of sites made with only second. Mm-hmm. And if you want a third, you got a special order. So that's <laughs> like like in our Tetra line, like our Tetra series, our Tetra LT, which is like our higher end slider. So yep. that comes with just second axis because of that. So yep. that's like the weekend warrior dude that wants a really good sight and wants some like adjustability and wants some like precision yep, he gets right. a second axis adjustment but if you want second and third then you get into the tetra and the tetra max which both so both the, both sites offer a third axis adjustment both the tetra and the tetra max do and i'm yeah. sorry i i got all hateful there but the only reason i <laughs> no, say you that, are a hater it brought up a great point the only I mean, reason i say that is because that, that third axis got me on a spot in stock on a great big mule deer i mean i'm crawling and and putting that bow out in front of me and i'm just sliding across across cactuses and everything else and i I had a beautiful shot, fifty-three yards, quartered away, standing there looking at me. I just, and that's, I mean, he was dead, and I just so poof, sent so, it off and bagged him. I and mean, that's that's like a perfect like kind of scenario too. Like I didn't bag. I mean, I literally tea bagged this deer. Like <laughs> I missed him by a mile because <laughs> the so, third axis got me. And that's like like so Kurt like brought up like you know like tree standards were third axis, but like. From a tree stand, the farther you shoot, the flatter you're shooting. So third axis point. really doesn't come into play. Right. That's a good point. But like when you're out west and you're like shooting like extreme downhill, yep. the farther you shoot, the more downhill it is. Yep. Yeah. So, but it's harder to tell if your third axis is off than your second axis because if you shoot low or high on a downhill shot or an uphill shot, right. it can very easily be like your peep because if you're shooting yep. downhill, technically your peep wants to scoot up, right? Mm-hmm. Because your hand wants to slide up. But and an uphill shot, it's the exact opposite. Yep. So it's really hard to tell when your third axis is off. But like, well, it's the like, same thing with shooting long, long distance. Yeah, your peeps cantered down if you're shooting 100 yards versus at 20 yards. So it's but changing that's a lot. Why, that's why I always say second axis because I can tell you like immediately like if I shoot and like where I hit, I, like I can tell you like that like that was second right. axis like sec- second axis right. was off. But uh, um, 
so yeah, I mean, going back, like it just, it all depends on what, what they want to do. Like if, if you want precision, then you're looking touch or touch or max. Right. And what is, what's the main difference between the two? The biggest difference is, uh, the tech, I mean, the Tetra was built off of the Tetra max, mm-hmm. which the tech Tetra max is like the highest end site that we make. That's mm-hmm. definitely got the most like features. Yeah. Um, so the Tetra is kind of like the baby brother of the Tetra Max, but um, the biggest difference is the Tetra Max has a removable yardage wheel. Mm-hmm. So if you are a shooter where like you're changing your setup uh, throughout the season, whether it's just like poundage or arrow weight or whatever, that's all going to affect the tape number you have. Mm-hmm. I think so that's an awesome option. It, it well, yeah. especially if you are that, and I'm that person. Yeah, like I absolutely. shoot, I shoot different arrows throughout the season. So, like, honestly, a, a perfect example of it was this past fall. I got back from um, elk hunting in Colorado, yeah. where uh, mechanicals are legal, and I was leaving. I literally got I literally got back from Colorado on a Friday, and I was leaving Saturday morning to go to Idaho, where mechanicals aren't legal. And I had to shoot a different arrow to get my fixed blades to, f- to fly, yep. but I had that that wheel with that with that different tape. And all I did, I swapped them the night before, and I got on a plane and flew to Idaho. So it's like that's awesome. it's huge being able to like swap those wheels out. So yeah, that that's yeah. that's the biggest difference. Like there's some like internal differences and stuff that like nobody would would notice. But I mean that that is the huge difference is having that removable um, feature. I, yeah, I was thinking about that for our moose trip. We got a big moose trip coming up this fall, and we're right. going to be shooting you know seventy pounds and a heavy arrow. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to have to set this bow up. You know, it'd be my heavy bow, but with a setup like that, you just pull that pull that wheel off, put your whitetail setup on. You got both rigs on the same bow. Where, where are you going? Uh, we're flying out of Bethel, um, Papa Bear Adventures. Mm-hmm. So another huge like advantage of the Tetra Max is, so like if you're going on a big trip like that, bring two or three spare wheels with that same yardage tape on there, and then so like for me, I always have my my dial set at forty. And if something were to ever happen where, like, I can't – so it doesn't really happen anymore because we've upgraded the quality of our sight tapes that are more waterproof now. But with our old tapes, like, if you're in camp and you have, like, your bow hanging out, like, on a tree limb or something like that and it rained, our old tapes – I mean, this is going back, like, four years now, five years now – the tapes would melt because they are a paper-based product. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to have a spare wheel to replace that yeah. one so you could read your yardage. So that's a huge advantage, too. Is you can have a spare wheel in your pack yeah, just in idea. case you ever need it. It's so a smart, idea. smart idea up in yep. Alaska where you could get rained on every day, every single day. Yep. Yeah, because yep. Scott, you just went. We that was might have been the last podcast we did. Man. At Deer Fest. At Deer Fest. I was thinking yeah. about that. Was it that long ago? God, yeah. I mean, that's that's three years three ago. Years ago. It's real sad, man. God, you guys must really hate me. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> we hey, do. We're bottom of the barrel, man. We established <laughs> this. This on you. <laughs> hey, but that's a good barrel. Hey, it maybe is you can it, never have enough barrels. Is it a whiskey barrel? I hope so, because if it's not, I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, <laughs> still yet to be determined on that one. I was going to ask you. We're talking sights right now. So your three pin, your multi pin sight, mm-hmm. uh, still have a wheel on the side, so you can still dial it down. And does it have like a tape that you can? I don't know anything about it. I haven't looked at it, but he, see, he doesn't give a fuck. See, that's what I'm catching on over here. Me? I'm stirring. <laughs> see what I'm doing? See, I'm stirring the pot again. Here I am. I'm trying to get Ross and Scott. You, you obviously did your research. Nobody thought that was funny at all. They're just like, Kurt's a dick. Yeah. What a dick bag. Just calm down. Everybody, I, I, everybody, I think, everybody calm I think, down. I think that just like went over the top of our Everybody's heads. Everybody's like, like what? what is he talking about? I have no clue. I'm like, yeah. Anyways, all right, all right, continue all right, on. Right. So, Sorry. So, what, what can you, you, what were you saying? Dial 
a three pin sight down so i want to use my bottom pin as a floater so you got your 20 30 40 can i dial that thing down and use it as a 50 60 70 80 not not by the engine like so we don't, I don't mean to shit on this parade i'm just no no asking. i mean because it's a great question actually no it is we, we and we get that we get decent. that all the fruit all the time okay um no um so we, we don't use the term like floater because okay. uh we do not have like an individual pin that's like independent. Yep. So, um, like the way our multiple pin runs is you have like now we have a four pin. Yep. So you have your four predetermined pins. Yep. So let's just say for simplicity of 20, 40, uh, 50, 60. So anything past 60, that's where you go to your dial then. Yep. And you dial that to whatever yardage you want past 60, and then you use your bottom pin to aim with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's but but, but that bottom pin isn't like... It's not independent. No, 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 that's again. what it's, I mean. Though. It's yeah. moving with the whole yeah. scope the, housing. The, yeah. the body of the site's the same, just the housing it, is it, different. Okay. Yep. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So that's and, what I was getting at. And that's... that. So I will say like... Uh, Papa Dave shot the three pin like that. Yeah, so and, and that's that that is I will say that is the beauty. Like multiple pin movers have never been more popular than they are now. Like yep. probably like six, seven years ago, they kind of went through like this little phase, like it was like the cool thing to use, but then like nobody really did it really well. And that's when that whole independent floater pin thing came out. And yep. it kind of was it was a fizzle in a pan, like it didn't last long. Yeah. But the beauty of a multiple pin mover is you have so many options with it. Yeah. But that's also the problem is that you have so many options with it. And I I can honestly say that is our most frequent like phone call is somebody just bought a multiple pin mover and they can't figure out how to use it. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I have all these pins, but like how do I set it up? And so then we walk them through the process. We have a video on it, but you can you can literally set it up however you want to. But you just like you have to like you have to practice that because you it, have to remember can, how you set it up. Well, and, yeah. and and like I mean that would be my problem. Like yeah. is is you have these four pins, but then it's like okay, what do I do after that? And it, I mean, it will fuck you up. Like, right. Like yeah. say you move that site, like which pin am I shooting? Mm-hmm. At? Would, well, yeah. and like a lot of people like like so they'll have it twenty thirty forty fit or twenty thirty forty fifty, and then it's like a sixty five yard shot. But and then they'll adjust their dial. And then they have to go to shoot 30, but they forgot to move their dial back. And then they'll use their 30-yard pin. Right. And now they're 30. Who knows what the 30-yard pin is? It yeah. sounds like I confusing. just set it up to always shoot off that bottom pin. I guess that's what that's, I've done in the I past. Mean, I would do too, I think. So let me. Yes, yeah, throw a stick in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is good. I like this. This is fun conversation. So, so the two most popular ways to do it is the most popular is to set your bottom pin as, as your aimer. So once you get past your bottom pin yardage, whatever that is, I mean, you can set it up however you want it, but that's the most popular is is to use your bottom pin as the aimer, but Mm -hmm. you can also use your top pin as the aimer. So the beauty with using your top pin as an an aimer is you could shoot it like a single pin. So the difference is if you shoot your top pin as the aimer, your sight tape starts at 20 and then goes the whole range. Where if you use your bottom pin as the aimer, whatever that bottom pin is, it, whether it's 60, point. 70, 80, it doesn't matter, that's where your sight tape starts. You literally right. cut the tape that's, off at that's that That's what I would do, honestly. Mm, yeah. That's what most people do because, yeah. to me, that's the like least confusing. Absolutely. But you could do it with your top pin as the aimer, and now you could use it as a single pin if, if okay. you wanted well, to. Yeah. Never mind. I think that's how I would is, set it up, looking that a, at that. Is that a horizontal pin, or is it they're, they're all horizontal coming in? Except yeah. for our, our single pins. Uh, uh, right, right, from right. I prefer yeah. the vertical. I like the vertical, too, but I just I, the reason I talk about this three-pin and multi-pin that yeah. everybody gives me shit for 
But or Joe, I, I I get your concerns. You get, it's just more fun to get. All right, shit. here's the deal. Food plot. <laughs> I get food it. Food plot. Like, out west. Any of that. You know, spot and stock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hit him with a rangefinder. I adjust my sight. I kill him deader than shit. The problem is. We got a full rutting buck chasing a doe through the woods, and he's he's changing. He's like he just jumped the creek. He was at twenty. Now he's at thirty five. Now he's yeah. now he's zigzagging back, and you're all over the place. It gets frantic. It gets frantic. Yeah. So that's why I said in the beginning, you just need to learn how to compensate with your sight back and forth. Yeah. Otherwise, and that and that's kind of like that's a crazy thing about this is like when you talk to people and you're like, so whether it's a multiple pin mover or a single pin sight, and trying to teach them to like. You know, you run that single pin for multiple yards. It's like, oh, you mean like I got to practice more? And it's like, oh no, shit! Like <laughs> oh, you got to right. practice. No, like, problem. yeah, yeah. know your equipment. Problem. Damn, Rule man, know your equipment. Sorry, rain on your parade. I like the aiming and like setup conversation because aiming's the most mental thing, arguably, about archery. I mean, that's where people have a lot of issues, like target panic, mm-hmm. and people get inside their own head with certain things. See, and, and that's why like, I'm oof. such a huge like proponent of single pin, because right. it takes so much of the mental game. And like, tre- like coming from me, like I'm a mental head case when I shoot. Like, I mean, I have struggled with target panic for like like the majority of my life. Really? And as soon as I switch to a single pin, like it, like now I'm literally, I'm focused on my target. Like mm-hmm. I, I, out I never look at my pin ever. Like yeah. I just trust that if I'm aiming at the target, that's, that's where the pin's going to go. And it, that's, it, it can't go anywhere else. That's awesome. I, I like it for the same reason. I don't think I've ever, I, so I shot really, I shoot, I shoot more than the average person, but I shot really heavily one summer like daily long distance like went hard in the paint and i feel like doing that and being so focused on like i was so worried about hitting thumbtacks on every single shot right that i met, got inside my own head and the more i shot the worse i got See, and that's that's why like like if you look at our target at the office mm-hmm. you won't find a single dot on that target that's why i think dots are literally the worst thing that's ever invented like I, dots it's the mental fuckery because you have it's a not natural you like, have a two inch dot and i'm at 60 yards and i'm hitting an inch low i am like i'm fucking missing I, that's how i view it so yeah. what i did after that season i don't know if you eric if you remember me talking about this yep, at all like you know when we podcast nights i'm like i'm shooting at 3d targets only kill shots like kill zone shots only right. it better or, be or in that shoot, ring or you're shoot killing. at shoot at lines like even, even like yeah. like you'll see like a bunch of like um like we have a big four foot by four foot like block target like yeah. target mm-hmm. and you'll see a bunch of like horizontal lines but then you'll see like crosses like I mean, there are a lot of really, really good shooters that can shoot, like, spots and stuff like that. Me, personally, just, like, watching people, like, shoot. When they shoot at a dot, they try to, like, they, like they're... They're like, burying they're, too hard. Well, they're so they're so tense because they're they're trying to restrict the bow to try to hold on that dot rather than just... So yeah. they call it, like, your shooter signature yeah. rather than just letting the pin just, like, float around. And if you are focused on that spot... The, the pin will go. It's there. going there. Yeah. It's going to so follow it. This was so we had a little, we had set up a little mini 3D course like in my backyard. It, Doug, me and you were shooting together. I don't know if you remember this or not, but we had, I have a mode path. So it's like wide open, but I have a mode path. And I would set a deer target down the mode path. So if you're shooting at it at 60 yards, sunlight, 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 then it goes down a little hill and then shaded. So you yeah, can yeah. kind of just see the silhouette of the deer. And we were shooting like 60, 70 yard bombs yeah. into it. And it, that right there is the test of trust your pen because you see the silhouette, you know where you need to aim, 
but it's mentally messing with you because you don't see a dot. You're not for sure if you're in that little creased line of where the heart is or the 11 ring or whatever the fuck, and you just squeeze like you know, bury it in there, and if your practice has been doing you right, it just right in yeah. there and it's like the best feeling yes. ever when you're like you're not, oh, you're dude, not I'm shooting in for there. points at that point i mean you're just trying to kill it. shooting to exactly. kill see yeah. and that, kill so that brings up another like really good like pointer argument is with that whole like the maximum point blank range thing and like measuring out the kill zone like i'm not shooting for a 10 ring i'm shooting for a kill shot i don't yeah. care right. if it's high lungs low yep. lungs like yeah like center mass like whatever yep. like i just want to put an arrow on an animal where i'm gonna kill it like i don't really care if i hit where i was aiming exactly. as long as it's in that vicinity where it's gonna yep. kill that animal but like going back to the like the horizontal pin and like vertical pin i mean that's the other advantage of a single pin with like the pin coming from the top or the bottom is you have that vertical reference so if an animal's standing there and it's got its leg straight down you can hold like that. That is a lo- two lines that you can hold yep. parallel to each other, so you know, like I'm a little too far forward, I'm a little too far back, like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. whatever. No, is it is a visual reference for you? That's right. Yeah, that's a good point too. The aiming thing, it, I love this type of conversation because yeah. it's mental. It's well, a I, mental breakdown. I think that doesn't get. I think you break it down on your own, and right. I think listeners probably like listen to this. Like, oh yeah, I think about that all the time on my own, but rarely do I talk about that detail, yeah. like what you just mentioned, Scott. Like. With your buddies at the bar, well, half the time f- try and find somebody you practice and everybody shooting double barrel crossbows at the bar. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, like you break down this like fine new minute whatever the word is. I'm an idiot. Um, stuff when it comes to aiming that only people who shoot a lot know or experience or like go through mentally in their head all the time. Well, Not- and that's the thing too. When I was laid off, you know, a couple of years ago, and I would shoot every day. There would be times where I'd go out. Was it because of job performance? It Probably. was not. It was not. It was because not, we're dumb. Not this time. <laughs> the seniority number thing. But anyways, Bottom of the barrel, right? Yeah, it's your right, story. Right. It's your story. You tell all you want. Shit had, shit had wage brand, you know? But I would shoot one at 40. If it was a good shot, I'd just quit. Yeah. that's. A, yeah, I, they, always, they always say end on a high note. Like, so. I could never right. do that. I, one and done. I could never do that. If, if I, I get, make a good shot, I, I'm like, man, if, I want to do that again. If I got That's worse and worse, then I'd it'd fuck with my head and yeah. saying, it's like, okay, it's like being shot. a slot machine. Like you just won 20 bucks <laughs> and you're like, I can't stop. You now. can't, I stop, can't stop. stop. And the next thing you know, you're down like 200, blowing a dude in the sandwich. In the <laughs> <of> sandwich. Like, <laughs> I've never been that low yet. But <laughs> Earlier I said fuck. And I was like, man, HHA might not be t- thrilled as a company and they listen but to But now that. you feel fine about it. Well, now it. I'm like, dude, no, it's fine. a perfect partnership. We're all fine. As long as you keep yeah, one up in me, we're good, Scott. Yeah. Well, this I haven't even started. Well, <laughs> well, what I like about what you're saying, Eric, I get to that point once I know, once I have the confidence and like I've done everything I can on my side as far as like equipment goes, like my side is how I want it. The sight yep. tips how yep. I want it. My bow is how I want. It. I you know, know you're I like, dialed in. I know I like my peep how it is. I know I like how I got my rest. I know I like everything. Then that comes down to that like. I've done my training. I'm maintaining for the fight. Sure. If I go out and shoot one or two 60s and they're right in there, I'm like, cool. I'm done. I'll do that during the season. Come out, hurry up, run out, shoot a 30-yard. If it's in there, cool. I'm good. I'm good. I feel good. And I'll do that throughout the week during like hunting season just to, all right, I'm good. Bo got banged around a little bit. I'm going to go check everything. Cool. Hop back at it. I don't want to I don't want to throw a wrench into this like I have. No, please time, do. But. Anyway, so if you're shooting, I think you do. Stick in the spokes. Here. No, yeah, you'd want to. Ross has been playing the devil's the party pooper. All night. So let's go back to shooting 3D, just out in the timber, shooting that uh, shadow silhouette, you know, down in the dark. 
Um, if you're walking a 3D course, and I've done it a lot, a lot, lot, but if you're out there and you're standing on the hillside and you pull back and you feel good about that, talking about your uh, with the the vertical pin and put it on the leg of the deer and all that. I mean, I've I've done that lots of times, and then you get settled, and then you just take a little peek at your at your level, and it's way off because you're standing on a big old hillside. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing where you you feel like you're way out of out of range. You just gotta cock that bow in the worst way mm-hmm. just to get that level spot on before you can shoot and thank god you did because otherwise you'd have missed that thing by a mile and shot yeah. him in the back hips yeah. <laughs> it's just i've done it I, i'm telling you it's it's I'll crazy guess. and hillsides are just they change everything yeah it is truly amazing sometimes like i mean we think like all this conversation right like yep. and you think about like all the money we spend on gear like we're all hunting with like truly the best gear that money could buy yeah, yeah. But yet, literally, like when it comes down to it, like that one simple, that one thing that you didn't think about yep. can, I mean, that could turn like a hunt in a lifetime yep. into like the nightmare of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, like it's definitely, that's one thing like I hate about hunting is like, like you can spend all the money, all the time in the world preparing and there's just that one little thing that you missed. Yep, and right there. That's also what makes the so success makes awesome. so good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's also... I don't know that feeling, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're killing I, me. I live vicariously through, like, all you guys. Through Chandler right? <laughs> and Ross. Yeah. The monster yeah. killers. Freaking Austin doesn't even have to use sites. Yeah, he said well, screw no. HHA altogether. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm going back. We gotta we gotta go up and do this moose thing. So we're, he's gonna we're he's going gonna break back. out the old dusty crusty some bitch. Yeah, and coming back to the dark side. <laughs> the old he's, wheels are for cars, Bo. He's, yeah, he, he's gonna be like Happy Gilmore and looking at a golf club. Like, look <laughs> yeah. at this stupid thing. Look at this stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to. This like, isn't hunting. This is cheating. <laughs> you're gonna have to charge the battery on your compound. <laughs> look at the way he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You know, you like that. <laughs> That is going to be you. You're going to have to jump start your compound. Oh, man. man. It's going to be weird picking it back up. Well, like literally, the whole, the, I think the, the whole time in camp, he's just going to be like, yeah, I mean, like real hunters. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, real, real hunters don't use Dude, compound. Humble bragging the whole time. Yeah. I'm considering bringing up the double barrel crossbow with me up just so I can get a moose with, uh, a, with an arrow. You know what I'm saying? I don't <laughs> care what it's with. Hey, Dude, it, if it's a moose, it doesn't matter what you kill with. Kill That's it. what I'm saying. I honestly, I, I, I will like I do think moose moose should be shot with a rifle. Like if you've ever like had to, do you feel that turkey should be shot with shotguns and not? I bows? think turkey should be shot with like a bazooka. I, I, I hate <laughs> all of it at once. I hate like oh, all, I, I agree with you. all cannons, all arrows, Can like a grenade, grenades, whatever. Like, throw mines. a pressure cooker at it. Just like, a, I don't care. Just like, put a claymore by your decoy and call it in. Hit it with yeah, a crock pot. I, I hate, I Trip hate wire. So okay, bad. let's do this quick I like because I want to go every, anywhere we want to go at the end. HHA has a new product line coming out. Mm-hmm. And see what I'm doing? I'm reeling it back in because I don't want to miss this. Bring it up so back. Good. You're good at your job. I'm, thank you. I'm really excited about this because, one, um, just by appearance only, our bow accessories are going to match, and it's going to look amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'll just let you get to this now and then break down what's coming. Well, I guess uh, of what's available, really, by the time this launches. Okay. So you want me to talk about what we are coming out with well it'd be i'm thinking ahead <laughs> what here am I t- what, what am i talking about it'll be available by the time this launches so what is available for everyone to get now it's new uh, it's, uh new for 2021 we <laughs> came out with a new uh it's it's a it's an addition to our tetris series um it's a new stabilizer line so 
actually probably everybody in this room doesn't know, like one of the first products HHA ever came out with back in the early uh, early 80s was a stabilizer. And it was one of the first stabilizers that was on a uh, knuckle system. So like, you know, back then they were just solid aluminum rods and uh, they wouldn't fit in cases. So one of the first products we had was was a knuckle system where you could loosen it and then the stabilizer would fall out of the way so it would fit in the case. Cool. So we're kind of going so we're kind of going back to our roots, but yes, yeah, so we came up with a whole line of uh, of new stabilizers. Um probably I mean the most uh like the newest uh, or the the most exciting is we have an adjustable length uh stabilizer. So it uh Right out of the box, it starts at six inches, and then you can actually extend it out to ten inches just by threading it out, and then it'll lock at whatever you know length you like it. And then we have uh, three different fixed lengths: um, a six, eight, and a ten, and then a whole accessory line built around that. So, um, actually, the, probably the product I'm most excited about is our back bar system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can run a front bar or a back bar off it. But what's kind of unique about it is the adjustability of it. And so you actually get second, well, I call it second and third axis where you can actually, you know, adjust the pitch, you know, how far you want the stabilizers to swing out away from the bow and how far, you know, up or down you want it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just really, really well built. Like, um, Brian, our, uh, one of the owners and engineer did a really, really good job on that. Um, and both systems are a quick, dis- uh, quick disconnect system. So it's, it's just a whole stabilizer, uh, line and that's the, that it's, it's the Tetra uh, stabilizer uh, line. So, yeah, I love the the idea of the adjustability one Absolutely. because so many people. I mean, stabilizers typically are expensive. You know, mm-hmm. for for I guess if you think about for kind of what they are, but what they do for your bow, it's a, it's a major performance thing. So, somebody that saves up their money and they're like, "Man, I don't know if I want a six inch or a ten inch stabilizer or an eight inch or somewhere in between." They can get that adjustable one and really mess with it. Or what I like about it, and this is how in my head right now I'm envisioning it, I'm going to experiment with that adjustable one as my back bar. So I was literally just going to say that because when that stabilizer, when that's uh, so the the adjustable uh, stabilizer, that's the Tetra LRZ stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So when that was designed, it was actually designed as a front bar. Mm-hmm. But in my head, it's going to work better as a back bar. Yeah, because um, a front bar is a front bar. Like I mean, net bowls nowadays are pretty well balanced, like mm-hmm. right yeah. out of the box. But yeah. you can really mess with. Uh, the back bar to compensate for whatever accessories you have. So that's how I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it yeah. as the, the LRZ as a back bar. Um, and then you can add whatever weight you want it. You can put that weight wherever you want it. So you could technically actually probably run less weight than what you normally would, but just extend, just lengthen the bar. Oh, right, right. Get used like the leverage <laughs> and of adjust it. it farther down too. So it gets the weight lower. Are, are you a guy, do you shoot with like your quiver full of arrows on the side of your bow or are you a hip? quiver or on pet quiver type guy uh it depends what i'm doing uh whitetail i'm a quiver off hanging in the tree no kidding um, i'm yeah. a quiver on all the time guy yeah, i i just i i shoot so much better with a quiver off let's round table that that's I've an been, interesting I've been question the same way I'll, I'll jump in here yeah so i used to be Ross. the same way as scott here i mean i'll <laughs> really I, I took my quiver off and hung it in the tree all the uh-huh. time but uh when you go out west and you're spotting and stalking you can't you be leaving to. your quiver no, behind. You have I mean, to, it's got to yeah, be on there to, so right. yeah I just got used to shooting with the quiver on. I just, I just in a tree stand. If I mean, that's just one less thing I have to worry about, like hitting something or banging around or getting caught on something. Yep, it's I get just, that. It's but man, so, that follow up arrow. 
Just bang, bang. Just in case. You should learn how to shoot better. Hey. <laughs> hey. It's one and done. Hey, remember, remember you said the, those little things that can screw up a perfect hunt? I mean, that, that is true. That is that is 100% true. You know, and, and I it, just it, and I it, like to have that, that gap, like that second shot. You know what I mean? It, yeah. If quick, I need it, it's there. Well, especially, especially in the heat of the moment, like if you have to have a follow-up shot and you have to reach around the tree to try to grab an arrow. Like I have done that. Yeah. And actually twice – the first time I slipped my hand wide open on the broadhead, and Ooh. then the second time I dropped the arrow, and then I went to get the second arrow, and I couldn't get the second arrow on my quiver, and then my whole quiver went down to the ground, and oh. I never got a follow up shot. So I can I can see that it's just I I just have always been a quiver off in the stand, so but quiver but, off Ross is quiver on Eric I am quiver now. off quiver off I'm a yep. quiver on Doug quiver off Austin I practice both ways. So oh, Austin goes both ways. Damn. Both All right. ways. So a lot Spicy. of times, now listen to me and it'll make sense. <laughs> now listen to me. Shut your, shut your fucking mouth. Quietly, shut your mouth. All right. So, no offense, but shut, your, shut the fuck up. I feel, I feel, like, I feel like Austin. Austin's like the old guy that lives across the street. He's a dad. He's, he's like, a dad. He's like, he's like, you kids. He's like, you morons. You young pups, listen, no, listen to me. Yeah. Pay attention here. I'm going to drop some knowledge. Now listen. All right. So I hunt a lot of different shit. All right. I got double bowls. I got rednecks. I got food plots. I'm in the timber. And every situation calls for a different quiver. <clears throat> if I'm in the redneck, yeah. there's no way in hell I'm going to run that quiver on and take a chance of banging my arrows on shit. Same way in the Fair. in the redneck when you're turkey hunting. Fair. But And if I'm in the timber, I want it on. I If I'm close quarters with a whitetail, I want to have that quiver right there on my bow. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a food plot, then I'll leave it off. If I'm going to be shooting further, I'd rather have it off. Very fair. Valid. There you go. So, so you practice both. When practice you shoot. both ways. Yep. No kidding. I, I will say snapper. now, though, too, like, I mean, like, I mean, there's so many quivers on the market, but like they've come a long ways to where like now, I mean, the technology keeps the quiver really close to the bow. So yeah. it is easier to shoot the quiver on. That's taking out end, four miles. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like it on. I just like to have another arrow just in case type thing, but I get both. I, I definitely understand both sides of that and, yep. and preference. That's a fun, fun question because everyone question. like feels mildly strong about it. And it's not a, it's not like broadheads. So th- this, this is, this is one thing that I like, I can, I will never understand is like when you go to a 3d shoot, like whether it's, you know, around here in the Midwest or like out West or whatever, and you see people shooting a 3d shoot with their quiver. On. I do. That's it. what I do. Why? Because I'm because getting ready I'm to hunt. Yeah. If, so if I'm walking to my tree stand and there's a monster standing there, I want to be able to shoot him with my quiver on. I don't want to have to take it off in the heat of the moment just to get ready for the shot. Well, see, that explains why you shoot bigger deer than I. Because when, when I'm walking <laughs> to the tree stand, I'm usually like, Look at the when yeah, when look can at, I take it off? When, like, can I just oh, take it shoot off? the stars. You make a wish. <laughs> yeah. Look at that cute oh, little oh, squirrel. Holy clover. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that, we, that or I'm on my phone like answering an email as I'm like, walking. I think the shoot, you and I were like the only two guys that shot with a quiver on that whole shoot. Hey, I'm just saying we shot on. better than everybody else too. I'm just Lit, saying, like, what's up? Literally, literally I've like, like I've been like, like we've gone to shoots and like, so Eben, you know, like who's one of my coworkers who travels a lot with me, like we'll be sitting in the booth and I'll see like these group of guys walking you know to get on get on the course i'm like look at these dumb dumbs with the quiver on <laughs> yeah. like, they're not hunting like what the hell yeah, yeah. that's you us idiots. i had a couple of buddies say the same thing they're like amateurs what a yeah. loser what was <laughs> amateur hour over that, that's so, the equivalent so, to hitting the heavy the one, for the one fight, thing son. the one thing i did change recently that i used to do a lot of is i always like went into the tree stand with my uh, bow on my backpack 
So I'm like, why am I carrying my bow? Like, I want to, you know, I'm walking. So that is one thing I don't, I no longer do. Is yeah. I always have my bow in my hand. Dude, like, I'm ready. I got yeah. a release on. I you have to. Dude, oh, I yeah. never walk with my bow in the woods without my release on. And I don't, I don't really knock an arrow. I'll, I'll keep it in the quiver. But it's right there. It's I, ready. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a stand and had another deer hear me walking and come in to check me out, thinking that I was another deer. That's no kidding. Kidding. The I've worst, been there with him doing The it. worst feeling in the world is getting caught with your pants down. If you don't have everything ready to go, it's horrible. And that's yeah. a shit in the thing. I did, and, that, I did that this year. I was trying to be quiet, you know, walking to every stand. But this other stand, I'm like, I'm going to go in there. I got to trim some shit real quick. Being louder and fuck. And all of a sudden, I'm halfway up the tree, and there's a fucking little four-corner just staring at me. Yep. And he ran in, seeing what the hell I was. And I'll, I'll walk in. A giant, even so puking. This, this, this oh, is actually like really like this is like educational for me because like like when I'm walking into a stand, and granted, I mean like like where I hunt, which actually isn't far from here. I mm-hmm. mean, we take quiet cats almost like right to our stand, yeah, or whatever. Like we're a Rogue Ridge family here, so yeah, or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, I'm kidding. Careful. Yeah. So shut your mouth, Scott. <laughs> Tread lightly. Tread lightly. Oh, we'll, we'll bleep that wow. out. Okay. Yeah, we're not bottom of the barrel to them, Scott. <laughs> well, well, this was fun. Fuck yeah. me. Fuck me, right? So Scott just I'll drives guess, home. Guess, yeah, I guess I'll brave the 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 conditions on my way home. Uh, I love it. But like, I, so I mean, that that is like like I look at like like guys like you that like kill these really really big deer, and I'm like like. Obviously, I have things to sharpen up on because literally, when I walk to the stand, I'm like, I'm just walking to the stand, I'm like chasing butterflies. <laughs> literally, I'm like, look at these grasshoppers, like Old net. Like I really like, I don't like, I, I pay attention. I, I think, I think, like in the past, like couple years, I definitely am much more aware than I used to be. Like, yeah, yeah. much more aware. But like, I still, man, like, like I don't really get into game mode until like I get in the stand. But like, so it's really interesting to like hear all this and it's like see that is funny that's interesting to me because even even like when i'm out at west elk hunting like like i fuck around so much until like <laughs> until like i hear a bugle oh really <laughs> like, yeah like like i'm like throwing rocks like down the hill like i mean like i throw a rock over the mountains yeah. <laughs> i mean like, i just want to hear the sound of this rock go down the hill i mean like now like i'm, I'm literally sitting here i'm like hmm this probably explains a lot. Like, like, like I'm the, I'm like the most incomplete hunter apparently. Well, let's let's break that down though because I feel like I'm so I I feel like maybe I was that way for a while until like walking, doing my thing. Like, oh shit, 150 inch at like 15 yards, and then I drop down, and then I have to like put, put my release, release on, yeah. knock an arrow, draw, so, stand so up, I, and then he's I, I, I do I do always have my release on, but like I'm yeah. just saying like. Like I, th- I think that's like like a well, it's a well, mature, me, well, it's, it's a maturity. Let thing. me ask like, you this: I'm, I'm I'm a very immature hunter. Do you like, feel that because maybe you <laughs> haven't been caught with your pants down as much? No, it happens all the time. <laughs> okay, I got nothing for you then. <laughs> <laughs> there goes another one. Well, no, I shouldn't. Hey, I shouldn't say. It, I shouldn't say it happens all the time. But I mean, like. I mean, there's been so many times. I mean, it's happened to all of us. Yeah, that's like, a nice book. Like, like you're on your phone, right, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. look up and there's a buck standing, and you're like, "God damn it!" Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, but I mean, for me, like, and like what I do, like, it's really hard for me not to like. If I have my phone with me, like, I have this problem where like if somebody texts me or somebody emails me, like, it's physically impossible for me not to respond. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. in there. You got to check. In fact, it. Yeah, in fact, yeah. in fact, the the buck I killed this year, which is that's the first buck I've killed in almost eight years with a bow. 
I was literally in the middle of an email, mm-hmm. and I heard I heard a twig snap, and I looked up the hill, and all I saw was like antlers glistening in the sun. My phone was charging on a battery pack. Oh yeah, that was in my coat pocket, and my phone was in my final harness. And I God. actually, I was at full draw, and the wire, the charging cord was like right in my string. Oh. <laughs> and I actually took my phone out of the vinyl harness and just like threw it, threw it, and just let it dangle. And then I ended up shooting the deer at like two feet. But like, <laughs> see that that's a, I get that to a point though because I feel like I do like I'm checking emails. Like I'm not against being on your phone in the stand. I feel like if you just need to be out there. You, Which I'm sorry, we just totally jumped away from the quiver thing. But. No, I love this. This is all good, and we completely jumped off this new product launch that we were talking about. And <laughs> it's, a sta- it's a stabilizer. It's I mean, a, I mean, <laughs> it's exciting it. to, to, guys, to, wrap, to, to wrap that up. Like we're excited about it. Like it's it's you know it's HHA made, American made, so it, it'll it'll rock. But anyways, sports veterans code WCB fifteen HHA sports oh, nice. See that is your code has been Ooh. rocking it. Like, has I, it? Yo, I. So that's like twice a week. I always like look at our like promo codes that we have with our partners. Your guys' code is killing it. So we're number one. We just mm. moved. You're up not a, number one, but you're uh, doing really we well. We moved up a ring on the barrel. <laughs> Damn, yeah. We're, there's a little whiskey in that barrel. I think yep. Yep. just a little. Um, well, that's good to know. It's good to know you uh, update us. So everybody um, listening, use that fucking code WCB15. <laughs> Works for everything, right? Merch and everything too. Everything. Yeah, Save you some money. Store wide. Cool. And if uh, you spend $250 or more, you get free shipping. Bam. There it is. So spend a little more with that discount code. Get yourself a nice HHA hat or G hoodie. You know, do that. Get your wife one, too. Get your kid one. Um, <laughs> talking about getting caught with your – so you had that funny story with your phone charging and shit. Mm-hmm. The buck I, with the, I call him Mr. Baby Dropper, I ended up killing him the first time I saw him. I was, I had my, it was cold out, but I don't like to wear a lot of shit because it's all puffy and gets in the way of the string. I would, I would rather be minorly cold than overdressed. Yep. 100%. 100%. So I just wore basically a hoodie and I have a Milwaukee heated jacket. Well, the way I was like sitting or the, my harness thing, it's, it helps, but it doesn't keep you like hot. You know what I mean? It just helps a little bit. They're nice. So I'm sitting there and I think my harness or I leaned up against the tree, shut the battery off. And I started to get cold because I, I was sweating on the way in because of the long walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I get in. I got standing corn. I'm like, trying to turn the battery on. It's behind me like where my kidney's at. Can't get the battery it's on. It's an awkward spot. They could have done uh, a better job with that. Fuck yes. yeah. Put it yeah. on the front. Stupid. Yeah. Like, think about us here. We're <laughs> like, dumb. we got harnesses on and all that. So I'm like, Well, they, they didn't design it for hunters. No. It's no. camo. It's that's because that's, that's for sales. Exactly. You're right. They need a new marketing guy. And they need to sponsor us with some cordless tools um <laughs> for hanging Ross? tree stands yeah hanging tree for hanging tree stands working class Goddamn, we use them at work um i'm a milwaukee man to walk and kiss my ass yellow is a gay color um <laughs> hey, you, you bite your tongue I'm a, I'm a dewalt guy are you man oh man ross yeah, ross yeah, yeah. has got hey, else to go I'll, I'll be honest hey, Doug's I, a black I, decker guy. I got it for christmas i don't know i don't care i stopped by engineers <laughs> like, and tools what are tools <laughs> Hey, if I can't fix it with a screwdriver, I just leave it. Yellow. 
Yeah, Doug's a black and black and Decker guy. So I heard. So nah, man, it's on you, man. I'm all. Is that a program. political thing or is that just a personal thing? I don't it's use just, tools. Nobody he, uses black and Decker tools. That he calls anything. a handyman to come put his IKEA shit together. I, <laughs> <laughs> I tell people what to do. <laughs> I have people that work for me. Yeah, that ain't my job, homie. <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I'm putting this shit together. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Going back to my Milwaukee jacket. They yeah. could, could, they need Doug. You could be an engineer in Milwaukee and fix that. All right, I'll, I'll go there. So, are I'm, you an engineer, Doug? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. Okay. Thanks. I just always wondered what you did. He's a shirt tucker. So I'm trying yeah. to get this battery turned back on. I can't get it turned on. So I have my harness half undone, my jacket unzipped, and I have like my jacket half off, so I can get to the battery and turn it on. As I'm doing this, here comes the buck that I've been hunting at 40 yards coming through the standing corn. And I'm like, and I have my bino harness half off. Everything on the right side of me is like unbuckled, unzipped, like hanging off so I can get my battery turned back on. And I'm like, fuck. What, what do I do with my hands? What do I do? So I'm like, and I just feel like I'm in direct line of sight. So I'm like, but he's in standing corn. So I'm hoping maybe he's got a lot going on for him. And I'm just, it took me so long. And then he beds down. And here I am. He's bedded down in the standing corn, and I'm sitting here half undone. Like might might as well just been on a canyon with my ass and dick out. Like I'm trying to figure <laughs> shit out, get everything back on, finally get it like half together. And yeah, it was just a mess. So I feel you there. Like, but that was just by chance. I'm like, okay, no deer. I'm safe. Here we go. I, and I then tell you though, fuck, like, here he comes. Like, like those chaotic situations where like everything should go wrong. I feel like that's, that's when, when it I, happens. That's, yep. I feel like that's when like I thrive though. Like, yep. really? like if it's picture, like pick, like picture perfect, like you see that buck, like working in, works the scrape, like does everything like to the script. That's where it, it, like things always go wrong. Yep. When it's chaos and like every like, there's no way this should work out. Yeah. I feel like that's when it's all like it's always worked out for me. I'm like, the, yeah. like I'm, that's when I perform. But it's when I have time to like analyze and think and like get ready. Kind of overthink it. That's where that's where I screw up. Like I'm like, the I'm the same yeah. way. I'd rather have that deer come in without me knowing than see him coming from a hundred yards away. Yeah. Or like or like you see it, you, like you see a buck like working through the timber. You never really get a good look at him. All of a sudden it pops out like thirty yards from you. You're like, oh shit! Like that's right shooter. That's and a, now all of a sudden you got to try to figure this shit out. Yep. Like that's like like I I like those. Situations. Yeah, I like those really. surprise surprise attacks. Mm-hmm. Basically, just slip up on you and oh boy, right now. So yeah. we've we I feel like you recently talked about this situation. Like when you're hunting, um, I visualize all scenarios like all the time. While, as I'm sitting there, I'm like. What if this happens? What if this happens? Like pass the time, but then I feel like you're mentally you always prepared. Do, I mean, yeah, because you're trying to you're trying to prepare yourself for every situation. But like ninety percent yeah. of the time, it never works out that no. way. But. I feel like I'm different by the year. Like depends on my mindset. Like if I go through, I don't know. I guess I don't really know how to explain. I think, I think it. it also depends on how much you drank the day before too. That that does make a difference, and I think it, it, it's your mindset. I feel like because if I've visualize it all i'm on a deer i've seen a lot of deer already that season i've kind of got my because uh, i always start like you got a little ring rust like the first like rackable buck you get you're like whoo all right god get that through my system then then you're like all right i'm passing bucks i'm holding out for this like scale but then all of a sudden if you're not prepared for that and you're sitting there and the first rackable buck you see is a 170 typical and he's 15 yards and you're like oh shit i gotta grab my bow i feel like that's a little different I would rather, in that situation, I'd rather see the buck come from 100 yards, and I can gather my berries, get my shakes out, 
then just be ready and picking my spot, you know? No, I'd rather just have them pop out. And you would? No, yeah, no matter what, any time, you'd rather them just pop out. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'd rather really? just show up and, like, mm-hmm. man, about, you, you're, you're you're done, you see son. the deer, and within 10 seconds, you're killing that deer. Exactly. You like that, too? It's a no, it's a no-brainer. Yep. Holy no-brainer. shit. I don't, have, I don't have time. Killed. I don't have time to think. I don't have time to get nervous. It's just really? it's go time. Like, it's like this, this you're is there, what, too? You, you agree, Eric? Yep. What do you think, Austin? I'm curious. I don't really care either way. If I can watch them come in or there. Now, listen to me. As long as I can I'm just kill gonna, some shit. Well, I'm just going to say this. What, <laughs> Austin's just like, I'm just good at everything. Hey, everything well, no, is I'm not right. saying Shut that. your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I, I'm comfortable either way. Like, I'm comfortable either way. What I don't like are the tweeners, like the deer that's right on the line where you're really, like, struggling. Yeah. Do I shoot this deer? Do I not shoot this deer? That's, like, for me, that's what really puts me on edge. I'd, I don't care how the deer approaches. I just want him to be either small or big, like not a not a tweener. So your anxiety is more on making the decision in in the moment 100 yep. percent, yep. man that's interesting i like that because i feel Goddamn your tweeners. your level of the teeter is higher than mine of course but i'm going through that teeter like 150 i'm on that teeter like mm, motherfucker, yep. i don't think it looks good yep. and then but, snakes. but when he walks away you see 150 from the back as he's walking away he looks Ooh, like a 175 baby. and oh, you're yeah. going Ah, I just missed out on like the op- yep. opportunity of the season. It's got to be a no-brainer, man. Like, a, like a, you're shaking your shit out. Like, just can't kay. hold yourself together. I'm holding out. This year is my 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 MB year. The no-brainer season. Yeah, I just like to kill shit, though, man. It's hard for me to not to kill something. For oh, me. I love I killing like shit too. I just I'm I just, like it, and they taste good. I'm just I'm scared to death that somebody else is going to walk around the corner right after and be like, "Damn, yeah." See, I ne- I never think about that. You know. Well, I'm. I you're, you're, t- you're talking about like you shoot a deer and then like a bigger one's yeah, gonna come out or something like that. Just, I, I always have two tags in my pocket, but I don't want to burn the first one on. Well, I guess that's the beauty of being a resident. You get yeah, you know, it is. It is a beautiful yeah. thing. But, but here's the thing with with me, I'm still to the point, and I believe in this. Like, if a deer looks good and I like them, and in the moment, even if the this goes back, I'm kind of what I said earlier a little bit, but just the reality of it, and that's why it's hard to like hold out for certain deer. Like today, I could be like. 170 or nothing i'm holding out i'm strong the next day i'm like man if a good like 155 walks in i am all over it. here's man. the bottom line it doesn't matter what the damn thing scores i don't care what the well score i'm just is. giving for reference i know i know but i'm just saying it doesn't what matter. makes you happy shoot a 120 are you pumped well like, that, that was that's exciting. what i'm saying what, like, what's looking good to me right then yeah you know what i mean it's freaking awesome yeah. when it's like fun, you, it's, it got your blood pumping you're excited and right? it's yeah. funny how, how like like the year like the season goes on like like opening weekend you're like this is the this is the year where like I'm holding out like there's t- there's two deer and Austin probably does this but you know like <laughs> and then executes it <laughs> yeah, kills them both like right. twenty like twenty four hours but for the rest of us yeah though. for the rest of our us mortals right. um, <laughs> like, like you start the season you're oh, like Lord, no like this is the year hours. this is the year like I'm going after like this deer whatever 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 and then like like the season drags on and I mean like example last fall like there's two bucks I really like I said. This was the year I wanted to kill, like, one of the big, big, big deer. And, like, so the farm that I'm on, I have never killed a deer off that farm in six years. I I never killed a deer off that farm in six years. And I was like, I need need to pop my cherry. Like, I need to draw some blood on this place. Like, because, like, you start doing the financials. You're like, man, like, I got a lot of money into this thing. I have nothing to show for it but a bunch of empty beer cans and whiskey bottles (laughs) and some good times. Which, that, I mean, that, honestly, I I love that part. You know, I mean, that's that's deer camp, right? It's worth a couple dollars an hour. But, like, you know, it's going on, like, day five, day six, day seven, day ten, day twelve. And, like, I haven't even seen a 
buck yet. Yeah. And then like finally day 15, like this, no, this no show, like never seen this deer before in my life. And he was 130 inch eight pointer. But man, like when I, that was when I had my phone in my pocket and all that yep. bullshit. And when I shot him, he ran away. Like, like I, I can't remember the last time I, I like came unglued. Like I was so excited. But then as soon as I saw him disappear, I started doubting the shot. I started doubting the yep. deer. I started doubting everything, everything. Yeah. immediately i went in this really really dark like hole and then finally like one of my buddies i hunt with he's like what are you so upset about like you put an air on a deer like you should be happy as shit right. yeah and we checked you a little bit yeah but then i mean we found him right where i last saw him the next day and i mean he was a beautiful eight pointer like yeah I was awesome. like, yeah you sent me a picture that was a nice buck i, mm-hmm. I feel like that's one down. of my be- that's one of my better like bow deer thing is a clean 138 it's a really good it deer. really right. is like i mean it really is and it was a mature deer it's a good one to get out of there Absolutely. like yeah that's, After grinding it out for 15 days, yep. like dude, a, a 130, 135 A is a beautiful deer, and it's it, they they look like 145s, 150s when they come especially in, especially when they're at like he. I literally yeah. shot him at the base of my tree. See, that's oh, even cooler. Yeah. yeah, I'd be all over that. Hundred percent. I'm a sucker for it. I mean, that's a lot different than shooting a you know 120, 130 inch two or three year two old. Year old you yeah. know, you're shooting an old yeah. mature deer. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I did the same thing, but last day of the season, the muzzleloader is blasted. 130 inch hey man, you gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. But I mean, that, like, there's That's nothing wrong it. with that either. I mean, yeah. There's like, nothing wrong with that, dude. That's, you you earned that one. We were all excited for you that you yeah, shot dude. him. I mean, I never got that picture. Thanks, Doug. I don't have your number. Now, if he didn't break a hundred, we might have been throwing a pit, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. No. No. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Maybe after this weekend, but but do you think like like you Illinois guys and like first us Iowa guys? Do you think your mindset is different? Being that you guys can shoot two deer with archery, like we can only shoot one. Yeah. So like, if you do get that like one thirty, one forty out of the way, so then you can go after your next buck. Like once once we're done, we're done. Yep. So, so if you had like, one tag, I, I will say, being from Wisconsin, like even you being from like you live in Iowa, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Like, you guys like Iowa and Illinois, like you guys are fucking spoiled. Like you are spoiled. I mean, Wisconsin, we get two bucks a year. We get one with a bow, one with a rifle. But it's not even. I mean, it is not even like. It's not even a comparison like what you guys have. Well, see, we we can take two bucks and ones with uh, ones with archery and ones with a firearm. We don't go much firearm anymore. So like, pretty much with us, we have one buck archery. Like with Illinois guys, they can shoot two bucks archery. Here's so I don't know if that. I is. guess I. I don't know. I don't know this. Can you shoot two bucks with a bow if you have a valid gun tag? Like you can hunt. You can't hunt nope. during muzzleloader season with a bow and use a yeah, muzzleloader tag. Yeah. Hey, no. Hey, I had a listener in, I, in you, Iowa. You can you can shoot a buck with a bow during muzzleloader as long as you have an archery tag. If you have only a muzzleloader tag, you have to take that deer with a muzzleloader. God, that is so stupid. I feel bad right now. I don't get always write down. Or I should, but it'd just be impossible. I'd be writing shit down. I got a message from a listener, and we talked about this breakdown on how many five six episodes ago of Iowa being two bucks and or Iowa being a buck. Yeah, so I, I asked a question while you were in the restroom. That uh, that's a good the question. Like, is the is the mindset different with like Illinois people saying that you guys can shoot two deer two bucks with archery? So like, say you shoot one buck with archery, you have time to regroup, rethink, maybe shoot a different buck. Like with us. We have to be more critical it's with one, one buck with an art. Yeah, with so archery. I had a listener write in and said, hey, just so you know, in Iowa, if you're a resident, you can kill two bucks with a bow and explain how you do it. And I was like, oh, I well, fuck me, right? We got two Iowa guys. I I, had, I can't remember who wrote it in, and I, did, I would never be able to find the message. But mm. 
And maybe maybe that's wrong, or maybe See, they're that's, wrong. I was always under the impression because like it takes so long to draw an Iowa tag as a non-resident that you could shortcut it by drawing a muzzleloader tag in half the time and shoot it with either a muzzleloader or an, or a archery. And I think what Eric's maybe, saying maybe, is, maybe I think what Eric's saying is, you can as long as you're you haven't already shot a buck with a bow. No, no. He just said you, you have know, to have he, an archery tag. He's saying you have, archery you have, tags, you have to shoot it on an archery tag with a bow. Is Iowa fucked? I, I, I you seem confident, Eric. So I would say that, or, right. that or Eric's a poacher, or we're all poachers. And hey, I've never hunted Iowa. I've never hunted Iowa. So yeah, that's I, interesting. Well, you, I'm, you I'm you getting ready don't. to do this though, and that was my plan. I was talking with a buddy. Is basically if I don't draw the archery tag, you just put in get the muzzleloader tag, and then hunt with a bow during muzzleloader season on that muzzleloader tag. But maybe that's not legal. But to oh, do some reg reading here. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they changed it. I don't know. I mean, that's how yeah. it's always been, like, growing up is how – that's I, how – I would, could, I would could volunteer it, could to could just look like, it up. But could it be, like, depending on, like, by unit? Like, do they do it by unit? Or is it, uh, is it statewide? It'd be no, statewide. It'd be statewide. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, to back up to your question, yeah, we to does it, it make up. us think different in Illinois because we have a second buck tag in our pocket? Right. Sometimes. That, that, was, that was our, that was, our, our that was my original answer. And the answer would be sometimes. I, mean, yes. I would say yes. I mean, it's easy to, to cut the corner on the first buck, and then you obviously have one in the back pocket, and you're ready to roll. I, right. I mean, for me, I I killed my first whitetail in Illinois this year, and I was pumped. Like, that just capped my whole season. If I didn't kill another deer, I'd be so, so jacked with that old buck that I shot. Right. Um in years past, have I shot a deer that I wished I w- would have waited out and held out for another one? Maybe one or two, but for the most part, no. I'd say I always had that, ta- that tag in my back pocket, so if I shoot one that I'm still pumped about, but I know I've got that second tag, second yeah, tag I'm gonna, I'm not scared to pull the trigger on one that might be okay. And, sure. and it got me pumped enough to shoot it, so it's, that's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. gonna break down the score and and just tear this deer apart because he he got me pumped and I got him shot. But having that extra tag in your pocket that that goes a long ways. Yeah. You, it was impressive this year. I mean, just like I I have to. Well, I mean, I know like the the influx of hunters that hunted Illinois this year. I mean, just I mean I'm a non-resident. Yep. And I buy an archer tag and a muzzleloader tag, and I always put in for. So I don't put in for the draw for an archer tag because I've always been able to buy that over the counter. Yep. But I always put in for the draw for a muzzleloader tag, and I didn't draw a muzzleloader tag this year. Really? No kidding. Because they had such a huge influx of yeah, they were sold out and like lady split. And this yeah. is why people wonder why we've been promoting Ohio so much on the show. <laughs> Everybody should hunt Ohio. That's the best state in Honestly Wisconsin. God. Yeah, you want to kill a big deer? Go to no, Ohio. No, every Wisconsin. Stay, stay the fuck out of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every, Jeremy is agreeing. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple guys about ready to beat us up in here. Yeah, yeah. No, two biggest but, dudes but, in here. Jeremy's not that big. No, Wisconsin. Actually, they're canceling hunting for the next like five years. So don't even. Oh, so Ohio is where the, everybody. Yeah. That, that's where all the Wisconsin residents go are to going Michigan. To. Go to Michigan. That ain't working too out. <laughs> too good. <laughs> we had probably heard. We just had a Michigan resident on the podcast, and he was like, "Yeah, fuck Michigan." <laughs> he wasn't a big fan. <laughs> no mixed reviews. We'll say. I feel bad because Chris is just like a man of few words and just whatever, calm and cool, collective. And I'm just like, "Ah, man, you might be the most hated guest of the year." We'll see. It's early. 
It's really, <laughs> it's just like, man, whatever. That's the thing. Like when you get on like conservation topic, Ooh, topics, like, it, it does. But I mean, it's because everybody's got their, like their emotional yeah. like attachment to it, you know, like, and like are, being in Wisconsin. Like, I mean, I remember like the good old days, like where, you know, like nobody hunted. I mean, like where I grew up, hunting was the big woods of northern Wisconsin. Like, yeah. if it had a rack on it, we shot it. Yeah, like, right. It was fun. Like, it was more about the camaraderie and stuff like that. But then, as we got older and we matured as hunters, we changed that. But you know, with everything that's going on, like with CWD and all this other bullshit—not that I'm saying CWD is bullshit—but it's like it's literally like it's turned hunters against each other now. Yeah, and like. Yeah. I mean, I used to love, like, seeing all the, all the town people coming into Wisconsin, like, especially during rifle opener. I mean, like, everybody would meet at the check-in stations like and, like, and hang out and stuff like that. But, yeah, like, you get on the topic of con- uh, conservation, it's, I mean, it's a... Well, people are passionate where they grow up. They're passionate about, like, especially, like, the woods and where they grow up. You have, like, a different connection to Well, and they're passionate about deer, and they hate when out-of-staters shoot their big deer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. In Illinois, I mean... It just basically it jacks up the prices of leases. It makes property harder to get. It's brings a lot of money into the into the economy, though. It but, definitely I does. Mean, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, like when I first started hunting Illinois, I was 13 years old. I think my non-resident tag was like 300. No, it wasn't. Even, it was like 200 bucks. And now, like for me to buy a non-resident archery and muzzleloader tag, it's over a thousand dollars. Oh, it year. is. Mm-hmm. Archery tag's more expensive than a muzzleloader tag. It's what five sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, muzzleloader is like five fifty or five twenty five or something. No like kidding. Mm-hmm. Good. Hey, <laughs> yeah. but the thing, but the go, thing go is, obviously, obvious, it's not keeping people out. You no, know what I mean? no. I mean, but, but we're broke. That's the way of the future. Man. It's, just, it's just the trend. I mean, yeah, all these destination whitetail states, whether it's Ohio, Illinois, Iowa, whatever, Kansas, all these big buck states are. You're gradually going to see lease prices go up, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. going to be more sought after. And 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be kind of scary. It's going to be hard to it's find a hunting spot. It's going to be a, a rich man's man sport. sport. Already, God damn, it already is becoming God. that. I mean, sport. Like you, like yeah. curious, like you hunt out, or like you guys hunt out west. I mean, look at the draw systems. Yeah, I mean, like the draw yep. systems are so fucked right now like because of just the influx of people putting in and yeah. stuff like that i mean well what's interesting if crazy. you talk to guys from out west and all that what's beautiful about it is those guys don't like here if you could buy your own 40 acres and manage your own 40 acres it's american dream like that's i just wish i could have that someday out there they're like why the fuck would i buy ground they yeah. hunt all that yeah you know, pu- public landowner bro <laughs> yeah dude sick <laughs> sick dude. at a brewery sick. somewhere yeah. trying to kiss another dude or something whatever you're into um, Doug Doug, <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Black and Decker that's guys all get the, together that's where one slug <laughs> Doug bullshit <laughs> one slug Doug <laughs> sorry Doug you've really taken Damn. a lot of shit lately. yeah dude what the fuck <laughs> I think it's cause your name is Doug it's a great name. Fuck off. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very strong name, but it's 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 a very strong it's assertive. Yeah, it's a very strong. Like, let's poke fun at that dude. <laughs> Sorry, Doug. It's just the way it works sometimes. It's, That's it's not a, cool. Hey, trying don't to take you, the mustache down. Don't let don't him. say you like dudes. <laughs> yeah, Doug. Accidentally, no, it was I a do. typo. It was a typo. It's a fucking typo. <laughs> he said, "I like dudes." I was working. I like boys. I think it was. Oh yeah, like yeah. He said he, I like even worse. You like yeah. to see homo, homo's naked? Hey no man, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. So dumb. I had a point I wanted to bring up, but I can't remember it. All I think we're beyond points. Yeah, we're idiots. Fuck. We've made yeah. a lot of good ones though. Um, yeah, we made some maybe. Good ones. But you know what I think? 
you know, you were talking about the out-of-state prices to draw like an archery and a, and a fire muzzleloader tag in Illinois over a thousand bucks. Being realistic, though, like we joke around about Ohio because it's kind of we didn't mean to make that a thing. It just slowly rolled into a thing. Like if you give a shit about us making a joke about something, we're gonna make more jokes about it. Yeah, and that's what happened to Ohio. It's like sensitivity. It just turned into this thing, but realistically that is a inexpensive state for non-residents 165 dollars for non-resident indiana is the most slept on state Mm -hmm. in the country for whitetails it is it's cheap to hunt there as a non-resident and it's illinois they got got some big freaking deer they got some big deer, especially like right like that's pretty much illinois deer it's that illinois Illinois, like indiana border like white county like Mm -hmm. illinois like that border right there is like it's a Golden, wow. yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is a mecca. I mean, I hunted, I I hunted Ohio. Um, I was there for New Year's Eve, and then I hunted the late muzzleloader season. Which mm-hmm. so when I lived in Pennsylvania, I used to hunt Ohio all the time because it was in like a five hour drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, seems like most PA people are hunting Ohio, Ohio or Illinois. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly, what... I mean, like like where we hunt in Illinois, like if, when you roll into town, like during November. It is ninety percent PA New York license. That's crazy. Oh, yep. A lot of but, PA right but there. it's because there are some really, 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 really good outfitters in that area. Mm-hmm. That's how they. I mean, that's how Wisconsin, like Buffalo County, was discovered. Was the outfitters and you know people came in from the south, saw how good the deer hunting was, and next high chance know, opportunity. Yeah, they started yeah. knocking on farmers' doors and stuff like that. So I mean, that's like Illinois has experienced that same thing. Yeah, but uh, Ohio, it's just like, I mean, there's just so much ground. And I truly was like amazed. Like we, we had an awful hunt. I mean, it was a four day muzzleloader season. It rained every single day, which water and you know black powder doesn't mix very well. But yeah. uh, I mean, just just driving around. I mean, there was just freaking deer everywhere. And really? It, I mean, just everywhere. And it's. But I also do think. I mean, just like the area we were in, like just from like driving around, like visually, it seemed like the, there was a lot of poverty in that air, area, and. You know, so when you have non-state, uh, you know, out-of-state hunters coming in and they knock on a door and want to lease the ground, like I mean, oh, that's yeah. a good thing, right? Right. I mean, it's yep. Putting more money into that that area, that area, but it just seems like Ohio, like it doesn't. I mean, it just like they produce so many so like big deer. I mean, well, it's ridiculous. another state that gets overlooked that I'm pulling up right now um, is Kentucky because Kentucky's right yeah. there. I only go to Kentucky for the Derby. That's fair. That's fair. But and they're early season too. They you can shoot them in velvet, velvet. down there and get you a velvet butt. Yep. And it's hot as balls though. I'm trying to look up. So and this, like this is September. a controversial topic. Kentucky, you can hunt over bait, just like Ohio. But like you can hunt early season over bait. So I mean, you're increasing your odds. Kentucky like, is for a non-resident is 185 dollars cheap. Yeah, that's to get dirt a deer cheap. permit. Dirt cheap. And it's uh additional deer per- for two deer is 15 uh an extra 15 bucks you can get another deer tag. I can't afford that. Shit, you uh, can't hunt turkeys in Illinois for that. No shit. And my my oh, Illinois, my drawing. non-resident uh Oh, dude, my non-resident Illinois elk. turkey tag was $185. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> Would you Son look at of that? bitch, you got me again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you paid it, didn't that's you? Cashy, I did huh? pay it. I got you a fourth, it. fourth draw I drew a tag. For turkey? Yeah. What, uh, Which I probably won't go. But. You should have got fifth and came down to Turkey Palooza. There it is. I didn't get an invite. Oh, well, you're no, invited now. Put in get another one. I already spent it's 100. only 185 bucks. God damn it! You make three. I gotta yeah. pay. I gotta pay you guys. You take take, take 185 <laughs> off on the house. Just talk highly <laughs> about us at HHA <laughs> or Mid Barrel. Scott, you make three million a year. You can afford it. Yeah. 
I, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. If I did, I wouldn't be sleeping on a cot in Kurt's garage. <laughs> <laughs> or your, or the studio, wherever I'm sleeping. No, you're sleeping in the studio. Yeah. Like it's like five degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, you got fuel in your truck just sitting there. Yeah. Sorry, I like spit up my whiskey. when The awkward pause after you mentioned what Scott makes, everyone right. was just like, ooh. <laughs> like, does he really? Well, I was, I was going to be like, wait, do you know something I don't know? Like, <laughs> it's in this package, man. Yeah. So right. it's in this package. Speaking of package. Right. Let's talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going to go. I didn't know where you are going with that one. Well, oh, man, I like the, the tag talk's fun. I mean, what other state is, like, highly overlooked? I, I mean, Kentucky for sure, Indiana for sure. I feel like Indiana more than all the other states for, like, big Midwestern whitetail seeds. You know, I know a state that's really intrigued me that I've never – I've hunted it, but I've never hunted it seriously is Nebraska. Well, and it's a Mule's deer tag that's good for either. Yep. yep. Either one. Oh, it is good for, for mm-hmm. both. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same with Wyoming. Like I'll put a plug in for Wyoming because I love Wyoming. Exactly. I might be hunting thing. Wyoming this for Dude, mule deer. It is so the beautiful thing about Wyoming is you buy a deer tag, so it's good for mule deer or whitetails. And then you could hunt like for muleys in the early season, because I think the season closes the end of October. Mm-hmm. And then when you get in November, like the rut, that's when the rifle season starts. But you can hunt with a deer tag, either weapon, during November, and you can shoot a deer or – well, you can't shoot a mule deer, but you can shoot a whitetail in November with either a gun or a bow. But, oh, really? I mean, they have some big deer there. Yeah, really? actually, that's a lot of deer, too. It would be fun. A lot of deer. Yeah. I mean, There's like, a lot of animals out there. Like, the antelope in Wyoming are insane. Isn't that where you killed yours, Wyoming? I go there every year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I go to antelope every year. Just, I mean, that's a guy's trip. Like, that's a fun hunt, man. That setting it's would so just be fun. gorgeous to hunt deer in that setting. Would oh, be it's unreal. And literally, like, what? so I whitetail hunted there for the first time in 19. I actually shot my biggest buck today. I shot with a rifle, but it was so cool. It was so fun. But, like, one day I rattled in, like, 30-something different bucks. Jeez. No wow. kidding. Dude, it's ridiculous out there. I mean, it's – because, no, I mean, nobody touches whitetails. Like, right. The, it's Guys out there don't care as much about whitetails. It's, I, it's I find. all about muleys. But um, our buddies, Buckstrom, they live in South Dakota, so they're, they experience a little bit of everything. They're not west-west, but they, they're westies. Like More when west you talk than to we them, are. They, they don't care well, – I don't want to say they don't care about whitetails as much – but it definitely feels like the interest is not as high. Like when we're out scouting for, like they have, uh, when we go antelope hunting out there in South Dakota, their deer tag is valid. And we can't get, now we can't get a deer tag in uh, South Dakota until October 1st. October, yeah. So they have tags in their pocket. And I find that they don't seem to get as excited about a whitetail, but they also appreciate like what a big whitetail is too. Like. Yeah. They're not a... It's, it's, I, I it's feel, more like a convenience thing. I feel like, like they're hunting yeah. muleys, but they come across a good white Yeah, that's what I mean. It. That's what I mean. Like, but it's, also, it's they thing. did kill some really nice, like... Black Hills Whitetails. Oh, yeah. yeah Jeremy absolutely. killed a stud, stud Whitetail white for the hills. That's, like, if, you, if you guys have ever been to the Black Hills, it's one of the most beautiful places in the country. I've never been there. Uh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Especially, like, I love, like, Deadwood because of, like, the history and, like, stuff like that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, I've never been there. I'd like to go. I, I would like to... Uh, I'd like to tree stand hunt it mm-hmm. one day just to try it. But, I mean, right now, I think we're all just kind of in the position, like, with limited vacation time, we're using that for, like, bucket list hunts we haven't yeah. done yet. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably, like, I see down the road, I'm going to do, like, 
more destination whitetail hunts after I do what? like an elk go or to, a moose. Go, and, go to Wall Drug, maybe. Yeah, go to Wall Drug. Get some like ten cent coffee. Yeah, some free. Have you water. ever been to Wall Drug? No, dude. I've seen a sign for it once. You see them every five miles. Yeah, <laughs> I want to put one up on <laughs> which, my road. Which I will say show. this: anybody listening from South Dakota, South Dakota's greatest Western store is bullshit. It is not the greatest Western store. So take your signs down. It's stupid. You heard it here first. Is that Wall Drug or the greatest Western store? No, literally. You see like billboards for like. 100 miles like stop at i can't even remember the name of it but it's like south dakota's like greatest western store and you go in there and you're like this is not the greatest western <sighs> store like, man they got they they hopped on that wall drug just, market it's just a walmart no it's like a little like i mean it's, it's a nice little shop but i mean it's like nothing you couldn't get from like boot barn or something <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I think it would be funny on the i did buy a cowboy hat from there that doesn't fit but. 10 gallon <laughs> or five gallon uh, so supports. I was told it's called the boss man's hat. I don't know what that means, but oh, because you're a boss man or what? No, is that what you buy? You know who you you know who I think you would look like with the cowboy hat on. You guys ever seen the the series Hell on Wheels? Oh yeah, Bohannon. Colin, you're Bohannon. I get told that all the fucking time. You for sure look all just like him. I just had a realization that I get, great series. That or I get told I I look like Casey from Yellowstone too. I've never seen oh, that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. The Bohannon reference show. is cool. That's a, that's that a was a great series. series, by the way. I'm bummed. It's the only thing I got oh, into. Yeah. Great series. Great series. You guys ever yeah. watched it? No. It's uh, on, no. Is it still on Netflix? Mm-hmm. There's only three seasons, but like the way it ends sucks. Oh, it's ter- yeah. the ending was terrible. But the whole series, like you have to watch well, it. Well, and it's better. cool, like I mean, because it, it's it's obviously like like Hollywood, but I mean, it's it's about like it, it's the history of our country about the Continental yeah. Railroad going from yeah. east to west and like. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just it's a cool storyline, but uh, obviously Dur- there's a lot of stuff in there. There's but. a guy named Durant in the show. Yep. He's an actual guy, and that's what Durant is named after. Oh, is it that really? Where we're from yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's no why shit. I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy Durant, and then yeah, you know it, the girl, his, you know the girl with the tattoos on her chin. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's based after a real character. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, yep. that's freaking cool. Well, I mean that that's how Deadwood was formed, right? Yep. So like yep. when you're in Deadwood, like they have like. Like all the same, like when you walk down the main drag, like they still have like all the same like historical buildings there. Like I don't know, if, obviously they've been renovated and sure, stuff. Sure, yeah. I mean it's they have electricity now. Yeah, and you know, like in the brothels, <laughs> like like the girls actually shower. You know, after yeah, session. clean brothels. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. They, yeah. they COVID yeah. test them there, so yeah. <laughs> so you know it's safe. Well, it's a brothel. Yeah, on the up and up. They don't care if you test negative. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, hey, listen, you know what you're getting into. It is what it is. It, it, you or, signed the waiver. It was what it was, man. <laughs> good times, bad times. You did yeah. it. <laughs> no, actually, I, I do. South Dakota is a really cool, um, really cool state. Yeah, I think I'm going to get an apartment in Wyoming because we're going out there for a bear hunt in May sometime. Yeah. I don't know the dates exactly. Is it going to reek of rich mahogany? It might. I hope. Like Leather-bound books. You mm-hmm. know, and then I might be going back Trip in September. Yeah, I can barely read, but I, I try. Um, <laughs> I read at a fifth-grade level. I might be going back for uh, mule deer, and then I might be going back over. So I, I work for John Deere, so we have a shutdown between Christmas and New Year's. So it's like three days off. And I might be going back to a company on a mountain lion hunt, and if the person I'm going with tags out, then I'm in with my bow. That's like my top five. Is really, a, is a cat. Yep. Yeah. Get, so we, we every year we that's always, yours top your top one, isn't it, Chandler? 
Uh, it'd be in my top five. Top yep. five? Yep. More, more, not so much because of like the cat, but just like the adventure part of yeah, it. Yeah, like, I've the, I've done them. I've run the dogs with them, and it's oh, just so you? much fun. And yeah. you get to get up close and kick them out and watch the dogs run them again. It's cool. It's crazy when you yeah. see like the pictures, like the dogs actually like climbing the trees yeah. and they're like face to face with the cats. Do I guess those like dogs that. love that? From talking to some of the guys, those dogs love that so much. If you don't pull them back, they'll just jump. They'll just kill themselves. They'll mm-hmm. just jump off a cliff. So it's just oh, like yeah. bear dogs in Wisconsin. Like they like. I mean, I, I had a buddy that ran dogs, and I'll never forget. Like, I went on. He was training his dogs, and his dog got swiped by a. It was a. It was a big boar that got cornered. It couldn't climb up the tree, and the bear swatted at the dog and slid its belly open. The guts were hanging out. And uh, the, the dog would not stop. Like, no kidding. No, dog, they love that crap. They're just like they're so into it. They're mm-hmm, just falls out. Because mm-hmm. I, I was watching videos when we were out there in Wyoming. He was showing us like this is when I realized how crazy mountain lion hunt is like i wish i could grab his phone back dude give me permission to make videos out of these it was a crazy just the most intense just one well, that western is, shit you've it, ever it can seen. go from like it can go from like the most boring thing ever we were just driving around trying to cut a track to all of a sudden it's just like chaos and yeah like high intensity but, go time and that like that's the one thing like so for us with like this whole covid stuff is this is a year where obviously we didn't have any trade shows so like no ata or like i mean we do like a dozen shows a year th- yeah. throughout the winter. Just over a year. But like, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. No, no trade yeah. shows. They're no. the opposite of that. Yeah. But uh, we always had a show in Reno, and I have a buddy that runs dogs just outside of Reno. So every time I was at the show, I would always bring my bow with because he would always say, like, hey, if I cut a track, like, you know, I'll call you. And like he like he would text me like, oh, you know, if I'm like semi-fresh one, but nothing worth, you know, reacting on and stuff. Yeah. But like I always like I always thought, man, that'd be so cool. Like I was in the middle of a show and he texted me. He's like, "Get your ass here and be like, deuces, dude." Like, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Somebody watch. <laughs> somebody watch the booth. I'm I'm out. <laughs> that that would be. I'm excited to do it. It was one of those things. Um, talking with the guy, he's like, "Man, if you if you can sell me, uh, book me a week, come along, and then if that person tags out, then we can go." Yeah, you know, I'm I'm there for the person booking the hunt. It would still be cool, but uh, dude, I'm excited about it. Like, get one or not, I'm excited just for the experience initially. Um, it's Cameron. Cameron's going. Cameron Tank. Um, he's going with a rifle. I'm going to have my bow. Um, so I'm hoping like he can get in one, and then I'm like, man, hopefully we have a few days. I, t- I talked to my buddy out there, and he's like, "Can we kill? Can we kill two in a week? You think?" He's like, "Yeah, we might Conditions be able to. Right. Yeah, yeah, if everything works out." So it's a. Uh, I'm willing to. I would just. The experience is going to be insane, mm-hmm. right? I think just ki- killing two cats in a week would be that'd be cool, badass. Um, cool, but I don't know. We'll see. It'd be cool if you did kill one and you got like full body mounted, so just like sit right here on the table, <laughs> like underneath <laughs> the table. Everyone just drinks or, like, or petting it. Or petting it. Dude, you don't realize how big those things are. When you get into a big cat, uh, Ross and I have a mutual friend, and he had red bone dogs for years, and he ended up drawing this tag after like thirteen years, and. It, killed a boone and crockett cat that was 177 or eight pounds i mean oh, and this thing is just great massive can you imagine i can't hold my 13 pound house cat down to get her <laughs> in her little kennel thing can you imagine if like a 180 pound cat Dude, jumped on your ass you're so done <laughs> you're so, you're so fun. <laughs> their head it, i mean the the girth on that thing's head it's like looking at a black bear i mean their yeah. heads are just massive yeah yep. um travis from buckstorm i measured his um, mountain lion it was well into pope and young mm-hmm. um but that he shot that in south dakota and it had got wounded in a a wildfire, wildfire. got yep. its paws got burnt he, he showed me that 
That it, was crazy. The Hunts on Buckstorm's YouTube channel. Small, smaller cat weight-wise, but the head was just, you could just tell it was a monster cat that had been kind of dwindled yep. down into nothing. Exactly. Like, yeah. he, he did the cat a favor. Yep. Um, but I guess the mount, Jeremy was telling me about it. He's like, it's fucking huge. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? They did the mount justice for what the cat really was. Yeah. Um, he showed me pictures of it, and I can't tell a big cat from a small cat when yeah. I see a picture of a mount, you know? But, it, it, dude, it is intense looking. It's up on, like, a rock. They're so pretty. Yeah. I, I would love to have one. I, I'm excited to eat the meat of a mountain lion. I think that'd be good. really cool. It's, like, it's like pork. That's what I heard. When, so when Russ killed that cat, he'd do uh, bottle meat, and then he'd do, like, a gravy over potatoes with that bottle meat. Bottle and, meat. The canned can meat. Yeah. Yep. He calls it bottle meat. But, yeah, dude, tender and just delicious. He gave me a bag yeah. of, uh, gave me and my brothers a bag of jerky when we were there. Um, oh, it's been six months ago, but, yeah, just a bag of just meat jerky and yeah like not like not burger i'm sorry not burger jerky it was just straight up sliced oh, like meat. like yeah, yeah 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 like sliced meat jerky it was it was dang good yeah they were supposed to bring it to antelope camp fuck was it this year or the year before yeah, but they they didn't end up bringing it but i was really excited to try that like i think the, the loin if it's anything like pork do you cook it like a pork loin then i wonder or what? But I've I've never prepared it the way he did it. He just no had idea. that bottled up and just pan fried it and kind of made a gravy with the with the drippings and it, no kidding. it was good. Hmm. Scott's coming back and we'll ask him. I'll, have you ever have you ever eaten uh, mountain lion meat? Talking yeah, yeah. Scott had to. All right, he's back. Take that whiz. You, you've, <laughs> that was that was close. <laughs> you've had mountain lion meat before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would what would you compare it to? Um, you never know you were eating it. Really? No, I mean it was. Uh, so I had it in uh, breakfast sausage, and then we actually had like um, like not actually like like little medallions, like little steak medallions, little chops or something like that. Yeah, it you was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, so I was just curious if you. I guess if you had it as like breakfast sausage, so it probably is like pork. Yeah, it, it was it was cut, but I mean like um like like the little like steak tips or wh- whatever you want to call it. I mean that was just. I mean that was straight meat. It was. I mean it was good. No kidding. Yep. Well, hopefully I'll try it here within the next year. We'll see. There you go. Be cool and some moose meat, man. Hopefully, yep. you bring some back. Hopefully, yeah. we got a whole bunch of that. That's that's hands down my favorite. I've heard moose meat. meat's the best. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. I'm kind of anxious. They're like, from being from Illinois' perspective and never being around like a dead moose, they just seem like swampy, watery creatures. Like, I just can't imagine the meat being that good. Swamp, I've heard that a it's a swampy really fucking horse. Is what it yeah, is. it's a swamp horse. I mean, you think, though, like, <laughs> swamp like what horse, like all it. they eat is, like, I mean, they're either eating, Sauerkraut. Like, swamp. <laughs> I'll uh, tell you maybe. what. i tell you what. After we bring all that meat back, you guys can just sit there and watch us eat it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'll tell you how. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck us, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you think, <laughs> like, all, all they eat that's is, nice, I mean, it's yeah. either, like, like fresh green grass off the bottom of a, like, a, like, aquifer or something like that, or, I mean, all they're eating is, like, vegetation. They're not eating. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. But they just live in that, like, you just think they'd be, like, swampy tasting, Mm-mm. you know? But it's so good. It's so good. That's awesome. I'll let you know. You know. I can't wait! To, I can't wait to hear the stories. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually going to send you guys with our little mobile recorder recording camp. Oh yeah, right on. Yeah, that has to happen. Yeah, it's gonna as, be they're, real, as they're eating moose meat, it's yeah, going to be it's real really stressed good. out. I see this. What was that like horror movie where like they're in the woods and it's all like 
like POV, like black and white, and the Blair Witch like, Project. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like what I envision. Everyone's like, sniffling. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, they're sniffling three, the whole time. It's somehow. day three. We're we're low on rations. Is that a grizzly? <laughs> Is that a grizzly? That a grizzly? <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> Ross, low on rations. hold me. <laughs> I see the sighting. I don't. So I don't. Stupid. <laughs> We're not having fun on this trip. I mean, this is going to be a blast, but... It's the perfect secondhand it. fun trip. Oh, man. It's going to be the worst secondhand fun so I've ever experienced. Out. It'll be, be... I guarantee you'll have more fun reminiscing on that trip and how miserable 100%. it was. And the experience. Oh, Scott, you went. Do you feel that way? I mean, do you feel... Was it fun when you were there or was it more fun after? You know what I mean? No, it's way more fun when you're there. It is. 100%. Yeah. You, like, you don't find more fun in telling the stories about doing it? No, because, I mean, there's so many stories that, like, you want to tell, but, like, you can't because, like, you don't, like, you won't understand them unless you were there. I got you. It makes sense. It makes sense. So, like, I've been to Alaska four times, and um, every single trip has sucked. Like, every (laughs) single trip has sucked. Like, like, and I say that because it's, like, Alaska truly is, like, there's there's a saying in Alaska, like, Alaska, like, um, like, it. Like, it doesn't ask you to leave. It, it tells you. And so, like, the last time I was in Alaska would have been in 19. Yes, 19. And I was in the, the South Pacific, like, just at the base of the Aleutian Islands. And I was there for uh, 20 days, and we had two days of sunshine. Literally, Ooh, like, damn. torrential poured for 18 days. So Jeez, that's No rough. kidding. Yeah. So you wanted to fucking leave. Well, I mean, there's days where, like, like, like you wake up. And all you can hear is the wind, the rain, and you're just like, God, are you kidding me? But you're wet already. Like, there's not anything dry, and it's just it just becomes the norm. Like, it's, it's no just... No shit. Yeah, it just... So like, you're still going out and hunting in the rain and everything. You, awesome. don't, you don't... You have no other choice. I, I mean, right. like... Athlete's foot. Yeah, nice. I mean... Well, and, and the thing that's amazing Change is... Change your socks. Can't well, wait to walk around like a shriveled prune for 10 or 15 <laughs> days. Yeah. Well, and it's... Like, you'll... I mean, there's so many... Like, like we were talking about, like, like little things matter. And, like, on a trip like that, every decision you make has a consequence. Mm. It's just whether you're affected by it right then or later on. Right. But it will catch up to you at some point. Like, it doesn't matter how prepared you are. Like, there are consequences to everything you do. So be smart in the beginning of you the trip. You have to be, be smart the whole time. Yeah. I mean, you literally, like, there's no, like, shooting from the hip. There's no, yeah. like, you literally have to be methodical about everything you do. And, like, you, like, like I know a lot of guys that like have been guiding in Alaska for like their whole lives. Even to this day, they're still like, I make the same mistakes over and over and over. Like they're still learning. Yeah. Well, you, you just, there's only so much you can. And right. it just, it's Alaska, man. I mean, it is rugged as fuck. Like, I mean it, but like when you, so like when you're there and you're like halfway through the trip, you're like counting down the days. like, wait, we have five more days. So we get picked up like, God damn it. But then when you leave, you don't want to leave. Like, mm. and then when you're in Anchorage or Fairbanks or wherever trying to fly out, you're like, I don't want to leave. Like, I just it, go it, back. it truly, it's an amazing place. Like, if you go to Alaska and it doesn't change you or doesn't have, like, some sort of effect on you, like, you should never be allowed back. Cause wow, it, that's it, interesting. It, it's a, it is truly, like, a special place. Oh, like, I, truly a special I've always place. said it's a trip of a lifetime, but I could honestly see going back there multiple <laughs> times. Now, it might not be for moose every time, but there's just so much to do up there. I mean, I yeah. I could see falling in love with it for sure. I got to go. I got well, to and, go and, up there and, for and, Like I said, I've, I I've been up there four times, and every single time I've gone, it's a different experience. Yep. And, I've, and I've been. We I've, should go, Eric. My first two yeah. times, oh, I've down. been in the we same 
like I, I not the same spot, the same like vicinity, <laughs> right. and it was a totally different hunt. Like, yep. and it was totally different circumstances, totally different. And it's, I mean, it, it is truly like, like you want to talk about. It's one of the most depressing places I've ever been. Like, you want to talk about like, like, like things you've done in your life that you regret or whatever. Like that place brings out your inner demons because there's there's days where you have nothing to do. And you're just sitting there and it's dead quiet, just total desolate. You're sitting there with your thoughts. And all you have is your thoughts. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is, it is a crazy place. Like it'll, break, it'll, it'll break you physically and mentally. We've Sounds got a couple great. of buddies that say the same, or they say basically on that trip, when you go on this big, deep moose trip, your physical strength is great, but you better be mentally prepared. hundred percent. You gotta That's be, cool, you gotta man. be a hundred percent mental and 80% physical. And like you That's guys. That's good for a person though, man. It, it, it like. really is, and I, th- I think for a hunter too, like it, it's good because it gets you out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know. But and it's really funny because like the first time I went, I did a float trip. It was a twenty-one day float trip. That that was when we did the podcast at yeah. Deercast. Yep. But uh, then I had to come back and go whitetail hunting, and like every day I sat in the tree stand. I'm like, this is dumb. Like this is so like anticlimactic. Well, and it's just like you think back of all the days, like you know that day where I almost like capsized my raft or whatever. But um, the person you with like that's you truly you find out like who you are but then you find out like like who your friend is too or your Mm -hmm. buddy and you find out like you know this might be a cool dude but after spending this much time with him in this area (laughs) maybe he's not as good as like i've i've had that like i've had that happen you know like that's that's where we're austin crew you gotta trust your homie well we're pretty fortunate there i mean ross it's not we've known each other for a decade and our buddy that's going with us cody he's been my best friend since i've been 14 so oh i guess i didn't put that together man you told me that but i didn't realize cody was going with you even still even still though i mean like there's gonna be those days where like we yeah. might we might get a divorce out of this whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you just never know because I mean, like, like tearing this podcast like, apart. Like you could be on, you could be riding this high, like you're seeing Damn. animals, and then all of a sudden you're like, where the like we haven't seen a moose in how many days? And you know, like some dude like hangs his socks wrong in the tent or something. You're like, God damn it! Like up. you know, like there are those days. Pull like, him down and smack him in the face with him. Yeah, yeah, I can see that though, man. It's uh. That that's gonna test it to another level. That's even case you just, you possible. Get up, you, like the, my best advice, like, and I'm by no means like a pro at this, but I found like what helped me is you got to find shit to keep you busy. Like, yeah, like find shit to keep you busy. Like whether it's you know, like you can only glass for so long, you can only call for so long. But like whether it's gathering firewood or like cleaning up camp or like you know if you have a gun with you, clean your rifle or if you have a bow, like you know shoot shit with it or something. Just yeah, you got to stay busy. That's interesting, man. Yeah, you want to go with dudes you trust on that, man. You don't want to go out. Uh, I like to surround myself with people. Like, if shit goes down, I look around. I want my dudes behind me. I don't want to be like yep. the only dude standing there. Like, fuck. We're gonna have everybody two, left. We're gonna have two eagle scouts up there. So that's gonna be in our. That's gonna be in our favor. Tying knots. Yep. We're just gonna be tying knots if we get bored. <laughs> like, could you imagine? It's like day like fifteen. Be like, hey, Austin, do you know how to tie a so 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 knot? No, fuck. I don't want to tie that knot. God damn it. <laughs> I've already done it thirty-seven times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of tying knots. knots. <laughs> they, they <laughs> off. I'm just gonna go into this trip. And just keep my mouth shut because I'm the mouth one so if i freak out about socks hanging the wrong way ross has got the most fire in him out of them all <laughs> ross and i got in a very calm argument about stars in wyoming <laughs> on a bear hunt and it was like four days and we had liquor in place to get warm so it's like the, the going was easy 
But that's the other thing I'll tell you is don't bring any booze. You can't, can you? Think, like, well, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. I don't but think if wait. we do, it's going to be like a celebration flask. Yeah. It's not going to be like a bottle. No, no. Yeah, I mean, Ross, we all know Ross doesn't go anywhere without crown. We got to bring down. at least a little just celebration flask. <laughs> so that's we, we brought the little like uh, like the little like shooter, yep. you know, things, and yep. uh, so we had one when we first got dropped off. This was my first trip. Um, we brought one to celebrate when we first got dropped off. And then we had another one as a celebratory one. And we, we ended up not killing anything, but when our, when our pilot picked us up, that's when we drank the second one. Yep. But I had buddies that I knew that were up there the exact same time we were. And they brought like multiple flasks and like, I mean, they were like their whole hunt was just like, like, I mean, like I said, every decision you make has a consequence. Yeah. When you make, when you make, when you make a decision, when you're like, intoxicated like that consequence is even like like they Amplified, ended up yeah, yeah like they started their town fire and shit like i mean it was just Eef. bad not good <laughs> that, I mean, that's a good point man that's jesus thing about that you know what there's no taking all your clothes off and getting cozy and warm and throwing your clothes in the dryer and uh-huh. getting back out there and starting fresh it's yeah sleeping in your own bed and i tell you though there's nothing like more I don't know, like gratifying knowing that you don't have to like get up and shower before you go hunting. Like going 20 <laughs> days without showering was such a welcoming like thing for me. Like it's probably like, a neat experience, you know? I like, mean, you, you just sleep in your clothes and you're like, I don't have to get dressed. I am dressed. <laughs> you know what? And I don't know if you watch us or not, but what made me want to go to Alaska so bad for like, the first time is you guys ever watched that? And I'm asking everyone, even off mic here. The episode of Real Tree Road Trips and Waddell and Red Akins go and kill. They get stuck in that. They camp. get stuck. Mm-hmm. That's what made me want to go to Alaska because, like, it's a horseback hunt and it's like it snowed and I just like the way they they showed them stuck in a camp. They're in a cabin. Well, so that's different. I a mean, little different, that, yeah. On it, like if we're once, a lot different. Once you've done it, like the whole DIY, like very very minimalistic way, like that way looks very very attractive. Because there are days where you get socked in and you can't like you can't do anything. Like you're just stuck yeah. in a tent for however many hours, and uh, you know you can only take so many naps. You can only like talk about so many stuff. And like granted, I mean we had like uh, well back then it was Delorme, but like Garmin inreaches. Yeah, but you only have so many so much data that you can use right and you need to save in case you get and they take forever to send those things are awesome they are awesome yeah they are they they, they, just whittle a stick or something i did that a lot did you yeah i carved a lot of i I carved a lot of interesting things out of sticks yeah (laughs) i'd probably cut my finger off i'm just gonna stay away from that (laughs) that's a good point too that's a good point too that and i uh so the first the float trip i deflated my raft like five times in one day and then inflated it just for something to do yeah there you go (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it just works the lungs out. Yeah, <laughs> beat COVID all day. Yeah, God. but it, it's yeah, it it's sounds... literally it's the best. Like I wish I could go every year. It's, <laughs> you guys will have a blast. I'll Looking go one day, it. man. And I'm go now. I mean, sure. while you can, because I mean, Alaska, like the dynamics. I mean, it's changing. I mean, like when I first went, a non-resident moose tag was four hundred dollars, and now it's over eight hundred. And they're talking about increasing them again. And they're actually talking about putting moose on the list where you have to hunt it with an outfitter. So yep. yeah, yeah, gotcha. do do it while you can. Interesting, and it's it's not getting any cheaper either. I mean, bush no. lights are getting more expensive every year. It's like five hundred bucks to a thousand bucks higher. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. under the impression that you couldn't hunt the Alaska without a guide for moose for mm-hmm. a long time. Moose, well, sir, it depends. It's by unit, but the majority of the state you can still hunt without a guide. Yeah. Really, yeah. we're going. We're Isn't using, there a fifty inch minimum? Depends some, on the unit. Depends on the unit. Yeah, yeah. 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 where we're going is any bull. Oh, oh nice. Yep. 
Yeah. We're going any bowl, but yeah, we're going through Papa Ver- Papa Bear Adventures, but it's like a drop style camp, so they bring us in and drop us in a place where nobody's ever camped before. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a wild experience. Yeah. Yep. I'm well, ready. I'm ready to go. We should do, we should plan something out. We should for sure. It's it's awesome. I mean, the next Five years would be a good plan. I'd like to do. Yeah. I want to do a red stag in the next five years too. Yeah, start planning now, and then two or three years down the road, then you're actually ready to go. Yeah. That's what we had to do. I mean, yeah. we just had to finally say, "All right, let's put the money down." That way, we're let's forced into it. going. Right. Yep. Yep. Well, if it all works out for you guys, maybe we'll all meet me, Eric. And Re- Doug. Realistically, it's a I'm three. Ready. It's a three year like plan. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, by the time you put your deposits down, and then you get everything, start like getting planned. your gear ready, dude. I'll probably dedicate a bow and keep that thing for that long, and just like be slugging heavy ass fucking arrows. I'm anxious sure, to dude. do my arrow build. That's gonna be thing fun. is like yeah. you really like that's how I was like the first time I went like I like I had my bow cranked up to like 83 pounds. I was shooting 650 grain arrows, but like you don't, you really don't need it. Yep. I'm gonna be heavier. Like, I'm gonna be heavier than whitetails, but I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> shoot 70 instead of 60, so I can shoot a little heavier. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I I definitely I I was overkilled, yeah. but I mean it's I mean because like you think about like yeah, I but forget, when you I, need it though, you're thanking God you did it. You know, thing is like you really don't. I've heard that if you hit a moose, he's pretty much going to die. Like they can't take well, an arrow like a whitetail. Who but, just no. said that? Who who were we Someone talking to? Just said that. That. Uh, Nick Mutt. Nick Mutt. Yeah. 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 Nick Mutt. Yeah. He's like you yeah. can kill him things with anything. They're so yeah. easy. To yeah. Die. Well, it's and the thing like, is, the thing is, when you shoot a moose with an arrow, like so, if you're near water, so like the majority of my trips we've been on river systems. If you shoot a, a a moose with an arrow, first place they run to is the water because that's where they feel the safest, yep. and then they die in the fucking water. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> so wow. that's why yeah. I always say moose should be shot with a rifle because when you shoot them with a rifle, it's like down. a sponge. They just sit there, and they just kind of like yep. take it, yeah. and then you can just keep pumping rounds into them, and then they just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, maybe, maybe we'll uh, we'll shoot him with the arrow first and then just crack him with the rifle right after so he just drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely yeah. should. You take that double barrel. Uh, the I don't, there you go, there you go. Yeah. I don't want to swim to quarter this. <laughs> first, yeah. first, first moose I ever broke down was in a river, and it was the second to the last day of the season. And we had just gotten like seven inches of snow, Ooh. and the river was like literally Roar. just above freezing. It, it took me almost eleven hours to break that moose down in the river. Holy shit! Every twenty minutes, I'd have to go to the shore to warm my hands up by a fire. I'm just gonna go into this trip expecting the worst, and then if it doesn't die in the fucking water, then that's a, that's, that's a win. win. That's a win. win. That's I mean, this win. is great. And the <laughs> other thing I'll, I'll warn you guys too is like be very very aware of the wanton waste laws. Alaska yeah. is the worst. Oh yeah. The well, I shouldn't say the worst, but the most particular. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So and now, been... and now I think, like, check your eggs too, because I think they went to a statewide mandate where, because before we didn't have to take the rib, uh, the ribs out, the rib cage out. We got to take, take the rib ours. I think it's a statewide mandate. Well, you, have to, you have to take the ribs, the yeah. rib cage. You have to take the whole rib cage. You out. can leave the backbone and the gut pile. What? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the, there's so much. I mean. The meat in the ribs, or like what's mm-hmm. the yeah? What if you cut the meat out of the ribs? So that it, it was used to be by unit where you could do that. Like yeah. some units you had to take the whole rib cage. Some units you could just do like a rib roll and just take yeah. all the meat off the ribs. Uh-huh. But they view like moose as it's a substance animal. Like like it, it it provides so much meat for like like the natives and the community and stuff. So like you can't you literally cannot fill a gallon Ziploc bag full of meat. That's considered want waste. If you can fill a, a gallon Ziploc bag full of meat, that's want waste. Really? Yep. 
Yeah. I'm not against that by any means, but I yeah. just was curious. Like, even if you thing were, is, I mean, like that's like if you're on a like a remote trip where like every ounce matters. I mean, that rib cage weighs a lot. Oh yeah, oh, yeah and it's a pain sure. in the ass to try to to try to put into a game bag yeah. and try to take care of. Well, I helped butcher one cow, but I don't know how much bigger a moose is, is than a cow. But a lot is it a lot bigger? They're big. See, and that cow rib cage was massive, and I cut the the meat out in between the ribs. You know what I mean? Just ran my knife blade along each rib on each side and pulled those long strips of. So that's we, we always did a rib roll. Like you just go from the flank and you just roll it up. And then oh, just, really? Yeah, and it just rolls into this nice little like oh, kind of like sheet. Oh no, but, kidding. Um, I mean, that like we were talking about like moose meat and stuff. Like so, we always took a a racker of moose ribs and we'd always cook them over a fire and stuff and it's i mean that's so what did you eat that in camp like do you you know what i mean like you can eat as much meat as you want to in camp but you still even if the meat spoils you still have to take it out with you right right hmm. so even hmm. the, like so you cook moose ribs in camp before you leave alaska you still have to take the ribs with you not that no not not like the no not the not, bones no not the bones you yeah. can leave them yeah gotcha. no, okay. you, you could I mean, if there was ten guys that went, you could eat every ounce of meat as you wanted to. You just have to like, like. So I think legally, like when you kill a moose, you actually have to mark like on a GPS. You have to report the location where you killed it. Mm-hmm. So if they believe that there was wanton waste, they can fly back they into that check, site and inspect yeah. it. Yeah. So that you could sense. eat every ounce of meat as you wanted to, and if they don't believe you, they're going to go check the carcass. Gotcha. Right. Right. Well, I guess somebody fucked up along the lines, and they caught oh, some, yeah. some dick bags. Well, well, I mean, they just look at the amount of work that goes into it once you kill one. I think a lot of guys back in the day probably be like, "Well, I got my antlers. That's all I need," and I just roll out. Well, and yeah, like you're I said, right. it's a substance animal. But you think about like like guys like us from the Midwest, or like when I grew up, like butcher deer like we took the hindquarters the front shoulders like all the big parts but we always left like the neck the brisket like yeah, you sure. know like stuff like the animals got to eat too kind of mentality yeah in alaska that shit doesn't fly so you know they get so much people coming from the lower 48 that have that mentality and they view that as like that is wasted meat that could have gone mm-hmm. like for substance yeah so, i get that though. and i i get it 100 percent, and it just it makes you think twice like oh yeah you know especially when it comes to like size you know restrictions like I mean, there were several times where, you know, we saw bulls that where it could have been 49 and a half or it could have been 51, but it was yeah. too close to call. Yeah. You don't want to make that mistake. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that's something we don't have to worry about. Like judging an animal that you know nothing about would be extremely stressful right. and we don't have to worry about it. like that, putting a woman so. on a blackberry and you never kill the blackberry. Yep. That shit is yeah. fucking hard. Yep. So the only beauty with, mute, with moose, like if you're in a 50-inch unit, generally they have a four-brow tine unit. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So it either has to be 50 inches wide or have four-brow tines. Mm-hmm. So if it has four-brow times it doesn't matter how wide it is but um but they are other than black bears they have to be one of the hardest animals to judge really i mean they are truly truly hard yeah i mean there's so so many times like when you're glassing them at like a couple hundred yards and they're turning their heads and stuff and like you're just waiting for that perfect angle like i think i saw before brow tines like maybe i didn't like i mean they but i mean they all look big i mean they all look big so maybe what we'll do is uh scott if you're up for this before you guys go when's your hunt we leave around the 10th of September. Oh, it's that. Okay. So maybe what you we should do time, is we should do like a perfect. pre-trip podcast because we're going to send, we'll send the little recorder with you to save some, uh, some weight and all that. And you guys will just send some batteries and you just record as you want. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good thing to do while you're passing time, you know, at yeah. night or whatever. Yeah. Record. But maybe what we could do is do like a pre-episode and Scott, maybe you come down with like a gear list. And then you guys write up a gear I have, list. I have four years worth of, and I was just gonna, I would, I would say this off mic too. Like, if you guys need gear, let me know. 
Right, awesome. I appreciate that. Appreciate well, maybe that. what we do is we couple months out from the hunt, we'll do the pre trip, and then Scott, if you're cool, come back down and we'll go over your guys's gear list and go into detail on like the preparation. That'd and be fun. What you've done and Scott, what you've done to get ready, and then we'll launch. You know, it'll be a little bit of a gap, but then the podcast you guys record or chunks of podcasts, we'll we can kind of blend them into one. Yeah, and then we'll do a regroup, and it'd be fun, Scott, to have you come back down. And be like, you know, making Play-Doh snakes, getting ready to hear all these crazy stories. I'm already like, I, like I'm so jealous. Like, cause, yeah. I mean, it's been two years since I've gone. That'd be the, fun, though, don't you think, to do that? Like the pre, yeah. you guys just, and, and then I do a post recap. I think a lot of listeners would eat it up. I mean, there's so many guys that dream about doing this, but just have never been able to to yeah. take the jump, and like they could kind of live through us. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. I will say, I mean, like, like I've been twice on my own, twice like, like guiding in Alaska, and like that's the one. That was one like preconceived notion i always had about alaska is like well i don't i'll never be able to afford that and like it is expensive like it is expensive but like if you're willing to like be creative and like like um like do it diy you know like like you can do it it is very it is very doable Doable. yeah Yeah, it is very doable it's not cheap but it's not something you're going to do every fall either so yeah no it's not like a white way we looked at it it's like one of those things worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you guys. I, this podcast was fun. We covered a lot, fun. like a lot of really like deeper, interesting topics. That I don't want to stop. Like, we, I feel like we. Do you want to like, talk about stabilizers? <laughs> we go back to uh, tell us about these back bars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was fun, man. Like uh, you got into it. I'm pretty pumped to see that. Normally, I feel like when we record, you're just like, yeah, I'll do it. Fuck it. Yeah. That's kind of like you're you're kind of like a nonchalant guy. Like, no, I think it's a good thing. But uh, it was. I'm cool. a very like non like. I, there's not much that excites me, but like, I feel like like the podcast we've done, like especially early on, like yeah. in our relationship, it was very like company product oriented. Which, well, of like, course, right? Like I get, like I mean, that's important, right? But I feel like as we've done them later on, like they've gotten much more like personal. Yeah, like yeah, you know, we talk about the company, talk about the products, like which obviously, I mean, I'm very passionate about. But you talk about it every day at work. Every fucking day. <laughs> I live it. Right, I live. Right. Well, this also life. goes to prove, too, is like, you know, we did the podcast with you initially before we were even like a sponsorship or whatever. And it kind of just rolled into that and then rolled into it a little deeper. So, so real quick, let's, let's do a history of, of our podcast okay. together. So the very first one I did over the phone. That was when yep. we first is 100% product based. Well, th- that was just like that was just. Like I knew nothing about you guys. You, you knew nothing about like me. It was legit. Us. Like, hey, you want to record with us? Yeah, and I was just like, who are these clowns? Like, yep. I remember, I like, I like <laughs> bottom looked, of the barrel. I remember, and like, I, I'll never forget this. Like, we weren't like, even in the barrel yet. Yeah, but no, we were. Well, no, I was, I was, just, I remember, I was, I was like sitting in my living room, and I was like, oh, I got to like, I, I think I maybe had done maybe one or two podcasts like prior to that. This like, is like five some years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Because uh, we've been recording for six years about. But I remember some of the questions you guys asked me. I'm just like, what the fuck does this have to do with me <laughs> or HHA? Like, who are these clowns? <laughs> and then the second one was when you guys came to my house for the Christmas party. That was the yeah. second one? Yeah. And that's when – and then we recorded it at uh, HHA in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, we and show up at this Christmas party. Everyone's in suit and ties, and we show up in fucking sweatpants. We got, like, PBR <laughs> and a shitty six-pack of Bushlight bottles. It was a neighborhood, it was a neighborhood Christmas yeah. party. You remember yeah. that? We showed up with, like, a six-pack of PBR and shitty Bushlight bottles, and everyone's like – 
who the fuck are these two guys drinking yeah. martinis? Yeah. yeah. Scott's got like a vest on and some hot blonde walking around or something. I don't know. Like, what the shit did we you... just walk into? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember like, hey, have you guys seen the dining room? Why don't you guys just go hang, hang out on over here? Stay <laughs> in there, you he trash. He us in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Go in the basement. But, and then, but then, remember, we showed up the next day and... Like I'm, I could barely talk the next day. Like, like I couldn't even like gather thoughts or anything. Like that was fun though. That was a good trip. Well, we went. <laughs> that out. was there was that wicked snowstorm that weekend. Yeah, there too. was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bought like five cheap Walmart tree stands on that trip. Yep. When oh, we did you? There. Yeah, huh. they were on sale. That was a good pass it up. That was quite. But the, you uh, took us out through some of the bars, Wisconsin Rapids. Remember we had a. Uh, oh, you ruined that. You ruined that kid's Christmas. Yeah. Listen. Yep, you did. I did ruin a kid's you Christmas. Um, we can talk about it if we want, but it's funny. Uh, but They're listeners. They follow your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, sorry, dude, but you got a snowmobile for Christmas, so get fucked. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I've heard this story. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I was, I was fucking two sheets to the wind, and they're like, look at the snowmobile he got for Christmas. I'm thinking he already got the snowmobile. Then they're like, for some reason, they're like, hey, Kurt, you want to talk to him on the phone? Yeah, because he, he, he listened to your podcast like, he knew who you guys so were. So I just yeah. got they just got yeah. done showing me pictures of it like he already had it and all this and then <laughs> they I'm literally like, just went to the dealership and put his name on it. Right. Like, yeah, but I guess he'd already like seen his name on it so like the cat was out of the bag but he hadn't got it yet but I thought that he they had already been like, <laughs> "Hey, here's your snowmobile. What do you think?" cuz they were like showing like, "Oh yeah, you got the snowmobile." And I'm like, "Hey dude, Six fucking snowmobile, and yeah. he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh!" And I just hand the phone back to them. We're all, like, we're, just, we're all like tackling Kurt. Like, you realize what you've done? Yeah. But at the end of the night, you're like, Sky, you're like, "Yeah, but fuck him though," because I got socks for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Good point." I feel a lot less bad. He gets like a thirteen thousand dollars snowmobile. I don't know what it was. Ah, yeah. oh, shit. But you took us out. Like, we went out on the town, of Wisconsin Rapids. I don't know. Um, we met a crazy uh, male lady, postal worker. Yeah. Um, yeah was all over our older friend we won't mention his name um that that went so many it was so funny that was um that was that i won't mention his name i don't know who listens but he didn't do anything <laughs> wrong but it's just this woman was like hitting on him and it was like this funny joke we made that conversation went so many wrong directions <laughs> oh and then uh that made me feel uncomfortable it which was is weird. really which is really hard Super that girl weird. was so batshit crazy i'm like man you're collecting government checks this is wild mm-hmm. um <laughs> And I don't know what else. And delivering we, your mail. And delivering your mail. Yep. Yeah, like yep. and What else? What was the podcast after that? Then uh, Deerfest. It was. That was the gap. Yeah. No, we've done a couple on the phone. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Really? Mm-mm. We look it up. Maybe I don't know. I'll pull it up. I don't think we. I don't think there we have. No. I mean that was. I mean no, because that was our first year back at Deerfest, and then when we went. The last time, because they were supposed to have it last summer and they didn't, so it was the summer before that. That was where you guys were in the other, like hall building, we the yep. other one. Yep. Oh yeah. And then that's when we ended up at that like a little shitty bar. That little shitty bar. I wasn't there for that one. I bought like twelve pizzas for everybody because nobody had like eaten all day. <laughs> that was <laughs> a nice idea. And then, well, no, the best part. And then I had to drive everybody home, which was a great idea. I want to go home, home. <laughs> Let me see here. We had a pretty wild ride home that night, if I remember right. I think Joe was behind the wheel on yeah, that one. He was. <laughs> From what I remember. Didn't work. Um. So that's so. You, when do you guys come up to the Dells? End of February? Uh, end of March. Oh, end of March. That'll be fun. So, uh, man, this was the first 
the first episode we did was I think this is the first one, May seventeenth, twenty sixteen, episode seventy five. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, then we did December twelfth, twenty sixteen. That was a Christmas party. One nineteen. Yep. Then we did January twelfth, twenty seventeen. One episode one twenty four. But our other ones aren't. I, I I must have typed in the wrong thing here. Because then we did the Deer Fest one, and then we did what was the January one? ATA probably, maybe. No, no. we've never we recorded never ATA. Hmm. January twelfth, twenty seventeen. Maybe we recorded that one in advance. Would have been right around ATA time. Yeah, we recorded at the HHA Sports headquarters. This uh, that was the Christmas party one. Yeah, what was the one before? Let me go back. Hold on. Um, Anyways. January 12th, this one, one nineteen. Did we record two at the headquarters? We must have because these both say it. Maybe. Yeah, we did. We must have done two there. But I know. I think we've done two more. I just must have them. T- I just typed in HHA. I think did. that's when they, you were launching the release, and we did one on the release. Or not the release, we but the, the, uh, rest. the rest. Oh, yeah, maybe. And then we launched the that's rest right. after... Maybe. That's yeah, right. Could have been. After you guys revealed it. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. That's, I could be totally wrong, but I don't know. I feel like they just keep getting better and better. Scott is very proud of his Wisconsin roots, as is HHA. Learn some background of the company, and you'll see why they have been a leading name in the archery equipment for so long. That's what our description was. Great description. Episode. That's a good one. Yeah, I, don't I, know, I don't know if I'm proud of my Wisconsin, my Wisconsin roots. Everybody from Wisconsin is, bro. Yeah. Don't you know? Get the right, Bex? You guys are proud to be from the... No, we did, we drink Wisconsin, believe. I don't know if we're like, proud yeah. of Wisconsin. Really. Okay, <laughs> um, let's end on this question. Is um, Spotted Cow, the brewery there, are they looked at as being good or bad from a hunter from Wisconsin standpoint? They both look right as good. I don't, I don't know from a, hundred stand, a hunter's standpoint, but so... I have I have I have two two parts to this question. <laughs> okay. I I can appreciate the company because it's an employee-owned company, which okay. I think is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's generally that business model works out very very well. Um their viewpoints in certain things I can't go along with, so no, I am not a fan of Spotted Cow. Bex I don't drink it, and Jeremy. It tastes good, but I don't support him. It tastes good, but I don't support him. Like, 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 <laughs> That's like, good like, like, the, like the most I'll ever do is like if I have a Bloody Mary, like maybe I'll get a Chaser's a spot of cow, but like I'll never, like I'll never buy like a like a case of spot of cow or anything. Fair, like okay, hmm. fair enough. All right, well, you heard it here first from Wisconsin. Spot of cow sucks. Spot of cow tastes okay, but I don't support their beliefs. Eat shit. by the way if if you own a distillery we'd like to talk to you reach out we got some ideas Mm -hmm. brewing Mm. i have lots of ideas i didn't mean to do that that's good made that liney sponsor well uh wait did you say distillery or brewery distillery or either or yeah so distillery doesn't brew they distill well i have a for the record i have a better idea for a distillery 
Anything with alcohol in it at this point? <laughs> Just contact us. <laughs> you, if you have a Petri dish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Psychedelics. We don't really care. We're desperate. <laughs> Bush light ain't biting. We're not Instagram yeah. chicks. It's 2021. We don't care. We just want to numb our minds. <laughs> yeah. Bush we're light's <laughs> screwing us over. Hey, we're trying to cut loose. <laughs> you know? Hey, you thought we were having a good time. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're trying to have a good time over here. Scott, thank you for making the drive Thanks, and man. podcast and coming to the garage party. Appreciate it. This podcast was fun, man. I liked it. I think you might want to come back more, man. Maybe we'll... Uh, this is going to be great for our partnership. I agree. I agree. We need to, we need to move you guys from the bottom of the barrel to like like my level, which is like just above bottom. Right. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice just ring up. Sometimes yeah. acknowledged. Because like you don't want to get too high because then people expect things from you. Right. Like you want to. We like don't want that. Yeah. We're, we're just shit bags. Hey, that ain't us. That. that ain't us. <laughs> we're not trying to do more work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're good where we're at. Baseline. Little baby. as possible. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun. Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.